What up, folks? Welcome to Dabbling and Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey. Um, it's the day after game three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really stop it. And we have, sorry, Wrigley's being, Wrigley's having a lot of feelings. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a day after game three, and uh, I don't know, man, I'm feeling a lot of stuff, but I, before we get into all of the stuff that we're feeling, yes. how are you doing, sir? Oh, I feel just capital. Just I feel capital. fine. I, I took out all of my adrenaline and my emotion last night mm-hmm. watching game three, as we did, and then afterwards when I made it back to my apartment, mm-hmm. I came in. And I said, I have, it's 1230 at night. Mm -hmm. I should be in bed. This is past my bedtime. Sure. But I'm not tired enough. Mm -hmm. So I took a walk for 30 minutes. Like in the city? Yeah. I nearly fell asleep in a park. And then I walked back. That. My adrenaline was too high from all the Kyrie crossovers and layups. That then, literally meant nothing. But then at the end, it was this banality of just like the bottom being let out. And so I was, I didn't know what to do with all my feelings. So <sighs> I had to take a walk and then finally put myself to bed. That We're doing this podcast for the land. We're doing, we're doing <laughs> so, this so for. It's dedicated to the land. We're doing this for the land. And um, the soon to be first team in history to come back from a 3-0 deficit in uh, the finals. I'm not in denial. No. I, I think this is possible. Okay. But, I mean... Uh, we'll talk about the Monstars later. We'll talk about them. <laughs> Jesus, I just don't even know. Anyway. But my week's been pretty good. Yeah. I moved. Yeah, we're in your new apartment now. Yeah, in this our is new studio. The echo and the reverb on this thing <laughs> is amazing because of this space. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty dope. Substantial. It's, it's, a, a, it's a nice place. If this was a person, it would be my dope person of the week. <laughs> my apartment. Hey, this is your place. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, but and, and things have been good. Um, excited to have family in town, so we're going to mm-hmm. hang out and do fun things. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Life's been good. Good. Do you want to dive into our dabbling section? We have so much to talk about. Let's talk about it. Let's what go. Are we, let, let's, what are we talking about? We have... Uh, right. We, at the top of the order... Well... Yeah, let's just start start right off the top with politics as usual, it seems, lately. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to talk about 45 this not week. Not 45. No. We, because today was the Comey yeah. hearing, and, and we I'm watched listen- some parts. I've, I've listened to 20 minutes of it, and he just started talking, so I wasn't able to... I watched this man go on. It was it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Right. But there were times where it was kind of like, okay, we, we've known this for a while. Right. So we'll see what everyone else says about it in the news media in the coming day. Yeah. But uh, for now... We're not qualified to speak on it right yeah, now. Yeah, not ready yet. But mm-hmm. Hillary, let's bring her back into the conversation. Hills, I feel is, like even though she's not president... Hillary Banks? Or... No, this one is a, a one Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, the white one. The HRC. Uh, the HRC, yes. Someone I voted for. <laughs> we all... Most people did. <laughs> Actually, the majority of America <laughs> did. <laughs> She, oh, so sad. she made a comment uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in theintercept.com mm-hmm. where uh, she was given an interview and someone, I, I don't remember the, what the question was about, but she made the comment that uh, Barack Obama won because he was 
an attractive man uh, in, said, in 2008. Yeah, so she, I think she said, and you know, President Barack, uh, President Obama broke the racial barrier, but you know, he's a very attractive, good-looking man with lots of, I guess, other things. Like, dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 whatever. Like, Poise. Charisma, whatever. Sure. Maybe. Okay. That's what she said. That's what she said. And some people took that one way, mm-hmm. and some people took it another way. What way are you taking it? Well, <clears throat> it's not one. Yes, he broke the racial barrier. That sure. We've never seen a president of color. Right. Fact. Or a biracial president. Well, Of color. Of color. Well, yeah, yeah we've never had a biracial president. And then him... Uh, being attractive this is debatable you said you don't find him attractive I said I, he's not a bad looking he's one of our but him and JFK are our two best looking presidents we've ever had I would agree um, I campaigned for him in 2007 2008 mm-hmm. that, that during that time when I was in Chicago um, and I mean I didn't find him ugly or like you know appalling to look at his ears weren't too big despite the caricatures i I I thought they were fine i think they're fine i think people need to get over themselves um but i think i also wasn't like if i just saw him down the street i wouldn't like turn around yeah he's not like john travolta in like saturday night oh he's fever he's not like hitting the dance floor like a boogie machine this dude is like put together well groomed he's he's a blurred he's a black nerd He's not even a nerd, though. He is kind of nerdy. He's a law professor. You have to be a little nerdy to be like... I think he's too cool. I think he's too cool I think he's too cool now. I think with his life experiences. I find President Barack Obama incredibly attractive now. Even when he first ran, I didn't think he was a square. No, I didn't think he was a square, but I think he was was like a dad. Well, he was literally a dad. No, I mean, he's... Literally, he's a dad. But, like, he's, you know, like, he had dad jokes and he... Yeah, sure. You know, like... He had his dad pants that he is... Whoever is a stylist right now is killing it. I mean, with all of the Obamas. Like, because Michelle is looking real good. <sighs> well, look at the... All right, let's 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 put our... Let's get in the time machine and go back to 20... 2008. I'm there. All right, we're coming Better off... Better times. We're coming off of the one of the... To that time, <laughs> the worst presidency in history that any of sure. us have lived through. Absolutely. Um, Post 9-11. Post 9-11. Yeah. The world is uncertain. Yes. We have two wars going on. Everything's well, Little did we flux. know. <laughs> this guy comes along, and we've never seen anyone this young, this well put together, mm-hmm. and he's a and person of And he played ball really well. And that's what I'm saying. We'll never have a president who carries his basketball shoes Outdoors, yeah. instead of wearing them, yeah, like a real baller, right? You that's know? what ballers do. You don't wear your basketball. And he's a lefty. He's, yeah, he shoots a lefty. That's, I mean, that's, that's hard hitter. to find. <laughs> so, I mean, the guy came with a lot of skill sets. Right. So, when I mean, he was an anomaly, right? But like, he couldn't be. Well, I guess like is what is attractive, right? Like he was light skinned. Yeah. Um, he fit. Into... He didn't have an afro, right? right? Like right. his hair was he a, had a Caesar bit, cut. He had a Caesar cut. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Had a nice smile, good yeah. teeth. You know that's important. Tall. Thought he's handsome. He is he's handsome. I don't handsome. think he's not a handsome. I just think like I don't. I think he needed to be light skin and not mm-hmm. um, threatening. Yeah, sure. He did for him to be president because I think if he was a dark Darker, skin, yeah. you know, Colorism. had a little bit of a pro, like a fro, 
you know, maybe some crooked teeth, not maybe not as skinny and fit. Mm-hmm. Then if, it would be because like we have a not very fit president currently, and he became president. But I feel like if it was a black man that mm-hmm. looked like our current for, president, our current president in, in physicality, not his, yes. not in orange skin tone, but like in physicality, I don't think they that person would be no president. Right. Um, so in in some ways, I think Hillary is right that you have to, you have to be like sort mm-hmm. of attractive, especially if you have a lot going against you. Black man, yeah, with young. a black family, young, yeah, was a senator for not very long. You know, like if he was as dark as Michelle and married to Michelle, and his kids were as dark as both of them together, I, I don't think he would have done as well. Because That's, he was lighter mm-hmm. for an older white base of mm-hmm. America. The people Hillary's talking about, like, he won. Yeah, the young vote came out for him. Right. Because, you know, yeah. he's, he's the counter-Bush. He he's, yeah. he's the anti-Bush. Absolutely. But the older folk voted for him because this guy had so much promise and hope mm-hmm. for change. Right. Hashtag. So it was, I think she's talking yes, about... Yes, we can. Yeah. And I don't mm. think it's, uh, I don't think she's stating anything that we didn't know already. But I think it's, coming from her, it sounds a little bitter. Because it was supposed to be her. Right. For the first time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand it, I mean, it, it comes off bitter, it comes off like, and but, when you think of the racial lines too, it just comes off like you're a bitter white old lady. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, I think that would, timing is everything. Had she said that... After, in 2009, let's say, sure. But since she worked with him for that first term, mm-hmm. the Secretary of State, and then they seem to have a good relationship yeah. since then. I mean, he's campaigned for, he campaigned exactly. for her. Exactly. Like- I feel like, but what it harkens back to is that statement that Joe Biden made uh, a long time ago, which is where people were getting a little bit concerned about it, because when he first ran, let me see the quote here. When, when... When Obama first ran? When Obama first ran, mm-hmm. Joe Biden said something along the line. Oh, yeah, he said, this is in 2007, before he was, like, chosen as the VP mm-hmm. uh, for Obama. He's like, uh, he's, Barack is the first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean and a nice-looking guy. Oh, he said articulate. Yeah, no, he said a lot of things He's, in that one statement. That and he still because, became vice president. Yeah, no, I, I love mean, Diamond Joe. I mean, Joe's also made lots of other mistakes in his political career, sure. um, but he's still a diamond in the rough. Yeah, he's, but this statement is probably the most well-meaning racist white comment I've right. heard about Obama. <laughs> During well this time. Like, people well, who have said worse things about him meant to do damage. This right. is the this first... Is, this is one of his colleagues and a supporter who's like... Oh, one of his he's best great. friends. Yeah. He's like, yeah. look, he's such a great black guy. Look how articulate and bright and clean he looks. Which he is looks to say... Like, he looks like a model black dude. He looks like a respectable white black guy. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what he's saying in this statement. And yeah. I, I, yeah. So when Hillary makes her comment now, years later... I don't... It doesn't ring the same way for me that Joe's mm-hmm. comment does. No, Joe's comment is is much more problematic than what I think Hillary said. He comes right out and says he's the first right. mainstream African-American candidate. And other prior mainstream African-American candidates would probably take issue, certainly take issue to that. Because Who it's beauty standards. Other? Well, I... This is not a good example, but Jesse Jackson. 
Oh, I mean, he's. I mean, he's a. I mean, he's a Chicagoan, so I mean, no. The answer to that is no. Right. So I mean, but, but I mean, not because of how he looked. I mean, he's not ugly either. But like, right. he has his other well, issues. And he's, and he's also saying African American. Um, he didn't say man. So other African Americans include Donna Brazil. Yeah. She ran. Didn't yeah. make it very far, but no. like she had a candidacy for a while. Yeah. I so I mean, like, that. but she's but she's super bright and articulate and and put together and so. But she's to, not good looking enough. And, and so that gets That's, into beauty politics yeah. around women and beauty and all Ugh. of that crap. So I mean, she was just that forgettable. Screw that everyone's even thoughts on how that. women are supposed to look. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so when Hillary looks at this. She's saying, like, look, this guy who I worked for for four years, who campaigned for me, who was once my opponent, now my good friend, you know, he won because he was put together a good-looking guy. Yeah. And he, he was broke very, the racial and, and barrier. And he was likable enough. That's very likable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all those things she said is true. So for everybody who maybe took offense to what Hillary was saying, attract, quote-unquote, attractive, good-looking man, I think that's categorically... Um, Factual. I mean, he's a good-looking I mean, man. Sure. Yeah. But I'm I think gonna... if you read into it, of course you can. You can read into anything, and find yeah problem problems with the statement. Um, but I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, oh, that person articulated themselves well, and it's like, right? Yeah. Like, why do they articulate themselves? Like, I'm just going back to Joe's comment. Yeah, like, yeah. I've definitely been in rooms where there's predominantly white people mm-hmm. in the room, male, female you know, transgender or wherever. Um, and, you know, a person of color mm-hmm. walks in, does a presentation or was part of an interview process or whatever. Yeah. And it, and the, and the question, and the, the, when we do like the debrief, of like, Oh, what do we think of this candidate? Or what do we think of this person? And whatever it may be, it's like, Oh, you know, they were, they articulated themselves really well. And right. oftentimes I know what they're saying. Like they, right. they express their ideas well, but I think, you go back to history and things like you don't expect a person of color to articulate themselves well. Yeah. You don't expect a person of color, especially if they're a black man. It's so much to, about tone. It's tone. It's all like, like oh, they articulate themselves well, and it's your your nonverbals, your right. verbals, all those things. I, we both have a friend who is black mm-hmm. and very articulate. I mentioned him yes. to you before. Yes. And no matter what setting he's in, mm-hmm. it he is more articulate. Than, than anybody in the than room. anyone I know yeah and it's just his his elocution it's his word choice mm-hmm. it's uh, concepts and ideas when mm-hmm. he puts it out there it's very structured and people and listen Ve- yes it but, demands uh, attention right and even for and someone who's who knows that person both of us know this right. person really well and we, and I think all of we both of us would be like yeah this person is is lit when it comes to like Presenting himself in a he way seems that, is, like he, that he could be heard. He seems like Scrabble would be his jam. Oh, yeah. He seems like he would destroy a board. Right. And I, I know he has. Triple, I've quadruple played. world yeah, score. Absolutely. Didn't even know that was a word. But I also wonder what would it... Which, like, not taking away from his ability to be this really well-spoken black man. Right. Would it be different if, um, you know, he was a white man? Would we think as highly of him? And I, in his case, I think it's so strong that it's universal, and okay. that's why I say it's all about tone right. and what is your, what is it relative to? Because I can think of smaller towns where I've worked, mm-hmm. and if there was a person of color in the room who didn't 
speak half as well Mm -hmm. as our friend. Right. But the other white people in the room said, man, he is, wow, how articulate. But Mm -hmm. if I have seen my friend, who is amazing, and then I see this guy, and he's not as such, Mm -hmm. but they're making this relative to what they just saw, I could look at that and, and read that as a racial statement and say, that's... That's, you call that articulate? That's mm-hmm. not what I would call articulate. But because he's a black man, they're selling it as something greater than the norm. Right. So it's, it's all relative. But I would say it really, uh, it depends on who's saying it, why they're saying it, and what was demonstrated. Right. So I just remember that episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians or whatever it was. You where watched Lamar, an episode of Keeping Up? I've only seen the ones where Lamar is in them. Okay. So Lamar was doing... Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, formerly of the Los Angeles Lakers at the time of the filming, mm-hmm. was doing he, a... He did also film when he was at Dallas. Uh, yeah, that was short-lived, though. Yeah. yeah, that didn't last long. Yep. He said, uh, I want to make a unisex perfume line cologne line men and women can wear this fragrance right and so when he was trying stuff out with Chloe at the uh, what do you call a a perfume person a a perfumist fromage that's cheese how do you fragonard there's a company that makes perfumes okay they have a factory in France called fragonard Uh and that's what I always try to like think of (laughs) when I think of perfume I went there and they gave us like the individual fragrances and they're like this smells there's rose petals here's this you put it together and it makes I don't know. Whatever. Some concoction. Perfume. Right. So they gave him all the the elements mm-hmm. of perfume. There's like bottles on the table. Right. Bottles and bottles. Like, try this one. Is mm-hmm. this too sweet? Is this too whatever? Mm-hmm. He sniffs it, puts it back. Sniffs it, put it Okay, what do you think? And he wasn't giving them enough of a read mm-hmm. on the feedback. They wanted more right. dialogue. Tell me, what, what does it feel? What does it emote? Right. What, it, what is happening in your nostrils? What's happening up in your nose? And Chloe said to him baby, I just need you to articulate it more. And that's where Lamar went. He shut down. He was like, what did you say to me? Uh, I can't believe you. And she meant well. She's like, right. I need to know. I need you to say more than what you're saying. More about sunflower right. seed oil over here. <laughs> and more than just like, no. Right. And he took that great offense to that. So I'm looking at that mm-hmm. as the educated perfume technician. Right. And Chloe, the educated rich girl who's always had privilege right and then Lamar coming from a tough background to where he is now right. and just being told like he, I think he said it I think he said he's like you're calling me stupid and that's where how he took it I that's mean that's how, it, how people I, I would shut down if that's yeah. what was said to me and if I was Lamar that who's sense. saying it time place tone time place manner yeah and isn't but, that everything time place manner and you just gotta be receptive to it if I made a mistake like that and said someone was articulate and someone wanted to t- if our friend jeez <laughs> if, if I were to say that to one of our friends <laughs> oh my uh, lord Wrigley what the age really no one's there buddy uh, believe Wrigley, me Wrigley's trying to protect us it's not that cute if, come on buddy <laughs> anyway I think we I think we got to the point there mm-hmm. we understand I don't have a problem with Barack being called an attractive, good-looking man in this context. And again, I think he's more good-looking now than he was when he started in 2007. He well enough. Because that black don't can. crack. As good as one can for the pressures he had to deal with. I know. That that sauce and pepper look, though, on him looks good on him. You know the thing, though? Our current administration, mm-hmm. this president, mm-hmm. he'll always be blonde. 
because he dyes his hair or it's a wig yeah. or it's whatever well, that concoction is on his head. I saw a picture <laughs> of it today uh, smiling uh, at a camera. This was taken a couple years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, I feel like there's cross hatching happening. Like he's got one layer of hair that goes vertical mm-hmm. and another that goes, one's on the Y axis, one's on the X axis. So it forms this kind of netting mat on top and it looks like it's one piece, but it's like two layers. That's, too complicated for my brain. It didn't look good. It sure doesn't. Um, speaking of blackness. Yeah, let's do that. Let's um, this guy. I wanted to talk about Bill Maher. So. I like Bill. What happened? Oh, God. Why, why I don't. Okay, do? so I'll, I will preface this with. I get Bill, but I think he is very toxic to the left agenda. And to the liberal agenda. I think so. Because he has said some incredibly... I hate it. I hate that you're right. Like, he has said some incredibly racist things and bigoted and Islamophobic things about the Muslim community, Mm. the Muslim religion. Um, White man, sit down. Like... Mm. Atheist white man, sit down. Who <laughs> you know, like I he just takes need... a lot of license with other. Oh no, he thinks he knows everything. He he's the reason why many people on the right hate liberals, right? Because the, yeah. the liberals walk around as know it alls. At least that's what is. He does that a lot, and yeah. he walks around knowing it all. So and um, I've I've definitely listened to um, I've I've watched real time with Bill Maher, off like not all the time, but like every once in a while there'll be. Um, a guest that comes in that I'm like excited to talk like here or whatever. Yeah. He has, and he has people from the right and left and everywhere else in between talking about various things. And so I still think he's obnoxious, but yeah, but that's just who he is. So recently he had the Nebraskan Senator, the one Senator in Nebraska, I guess, uh, come to the (laughs) so disrespectful. There's two of every state. The one that, the one that, the one that came to his show whatever his name is, um, came and they were talking about something, whatever. And I believe he was a Republican senator as well. Um, and so they were talking and um, Bill goes, oh, maybe I should go visit Nebraska. They were talking some tangential thing. Maybe, and mind, mind you, this is a live taping, live show. It's called Real Time. It's Real Time. You might be asking if it's once a week. No, this and is it's on H. It's, oh, it's four times a week, right? It's four times a week, and it's usually... Yeah. A, it's, yeah. And it's like, but if you don't show it live, why do you tape it live? And he said, because I like the rawness of it. Right. Which... It doesn't make Jerry sense. Jerry Seinfeld called him on it one time. He's yeah. like, why don't you just... Just... Dude, why do you got to run from this side to your from your monologue to your panel? Why don't you just, like, walk? Walk. <laughs> make a cut. You know, <laughs> right. do what you got to do. Anyway. anyway. So... They were talking, they were doing, you know, banter, like, towards the end of the interview, and it is all recorded and taped, and everyone is seeing this, and he says... That'd be so awkward. And he says, oh, I want to... I should maybe visit Nebraska someday. And the the senator goes, yeah, you should, yeah, and should. maybe you should. We, we'd love to have you, and maybe we'll even let you work on some of the... Fe- in the fields. Yeah. You know? And then... You know this dumbass... This mofo says, Senator, and the way he, the way he said it, there's so like much a confidence, pompous, <laughs> pompous asshole, and so flippantly, like so effortlessly, 
He says, Senator, with his hands raised up in the air, Senator, I'm a house N-word. Yeah. And you can just see, like, and so... What was there? Did you see the actual... Yeah, I saw the actual clip. What was the reaction? So, the Senator is like... Was there anyone black on set? No. Oh, okay. Damn. Not that... It's, it's just him and the Senator talking. Mm. This is like the interview thing that uh, he the does. the one-on-one. The one-on-one. The Senator is laughing... And then he's like, holy crap, he just said the N-word. And he kind of awkwardly smiles. The audience is laughing, but it feel, like a part of it feels like people are laughing that he said the N-word. Mm-hmm. And another part of it feels like people are uncomfortable that he said the N-word. There's a lot of nervous laughter. There's a lot of nervousness. There's a lot of uncomfortability. Because everyone, no one knew he had clearance. He doesn't. He thinks he has clearance. He does not have clearance. Right. <laughs> you know what? Bill has dated black women in the past. We Great. Know this. I'm glad you He I'm has had black did. people on his show. Great. He, I'm sure you've, you've met many a black person in your lifetime that does not certify you. Right. And so, and we can go into the discussion of like, can, can we say the N word? I, as a brown person, do not say the N word because it is not my word to say. It is not my history. There are a lot of Desi, young Desi oh, people say the n-word and i rip usually if i know them i rip them a new one because i'm like that's not okay that's not your history you don't mm-hmm. say it I remember my cousin once said it um on social media how old was your cousin at the time uh, well when she said it she said it when she i think she was maybe like 14 to 15 yeah. years old she that's was young when they, that's when people she was also imi- she also immigrated into the country like later in her like she in her uh-huh. early teens was she in a black neighborhood no okay she <laughs> was in a very desi neighborhood okay. but i think when you're a PETA when you're Asian Pacific Islander, they see is this American. in Chicago? This is in Dallas, Texas. Oh. Um, you, you're not white, you're not black, but you feel more black in certain spaces. You feel you get more indoctrinated, white. sort of, but so, you're not necessarily admitted. Listen, yeah. Right. Like, I, I listen to Tupac and Biggie and DMX and, sure. you know, every other... You're an American teenage kid. Well, teen- teenage well, kid in America. In America, in Chicago. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And when that's what I listen to, so does that give me the right... But I even then knew... Like I like I once was like I shouldn't be swearing, but also like I knew that the word was not okay for me to say that I shouldn't be saying it. I've never said it in my thirty years of existence. I've never said it. Even when I read it in a book, it is like <laughs> it is like hard for me to like think it. You know, but that's just and that's just me. I had um, a friend. Most of my friends in high school were black, mm-hmm. and I remember one day we were at lunch and we're like sixteen, and one of our friends use the word just in conversation with mm-hmm. us and all of us took a we like drew back a little bit and right said, did you just on. did you just say that hold on you was thought you were person? just gonna yeah okay. and we're just like you you thought you were just gonna put that out there and none of us were gonna have a conversation <laughs> <laughs> none of us were gonna talk about this <laughs> at the time it was during like the jamie fox show oh yeah so like braxton yeah on the show and jamie we had yeah. this relationship so we were like hold <laughs> on Pump the brakes. <laughs> Pump the brakes. What is this? Time for a critical conversation. So anyway, so I've never said it. I know you're... I do not use it. I don't remember ever saying it. I don't remember ever saying it in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back all the way to my younger years because in the teenage years, like we were both saying, mm-hmm. people tend to try it out. Right. But I remember it never feeling kosher coming from right. my lips. Right. I just didn't feel... Again, it's not my history. And I know there's a lot of people like Jay-Z, Jay-Z and I remember Jay-Z and Oprah talking about it on the Oprah show of as to why he uses the N word and why Oprah doesn't. And I really liked Oprah's argument 
And I love Jay-Z. Oprah's argument was like, that was a word that my ancestors heard, the last words that they heard before they were lynched and hung, oftentimes. Or that it was used as a way to demean. And then there's Jay-Z saying, we're trying to claim it back. We're trying to make it ours. You know, it's, it's our word. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, shows like Scrubs even talked about the N-word for a little bit. Um, there's there's shows like even, I think 30 Rock did in one, mm-hmm. one sec, like because Tracy, Tracy. Jordan, Tracy probably tried to say it. And then like, and, and I think um, uh, Tina Fey's character was like, oh, I can't say that word. You know, mm-hmm. like, so like, it's pretty universally like known that you shouldn't be saying that word, especially if you're a white privileged man. Especially when you have all this privilege, even, even who's in front of you? Even if you don't have economic privilege, even if you're white. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be saying it. But mm-hmm. a lot of white people like to say, especially if they come from a lower mm-hmm. income, like in socioeconomic status. Um, his apology was stupid. It was a disgusting apology. And here's the thing. Bill Maher has been saying so many outlandish things for so long, but his overarching themes... Mm-hmm. He he says, and you could find video of this both ways, mm-hmm. is of him saying tolerance, equality, peace, more sure, liberal values. Themes. You could find sure. this in his video archives. Mm-hmm. Um, you could equally point to things he said that were uh, contradictory or problematic toward right. that end. Right. But he is a comedian first. Right. And, and a personality intellectual second. Right. And so he's never going to really apologize for using words that triggered people. Well, his apology was like, you know, it was a Friday taping. I'm usually really restless before. And so it was just a slip (laughs) of the tongue kind of a thing. And I'm just like, that is not a word that you slip of the tongue with. No. Like, it means means you think about that word. Like, we, we speak words that we often... You like know what? use in our vocabulary. And there are days that I'll be like, I'm going to use a GRE word today because I'm studying for it. So, you know, like, I'm going to incorporate it into my day today. So I oh, I for a second, I didn't know what you... All like right, a GRE word. Like a word a, like from an the practice... Yeah, like from the practice test. Like the SATs, you know? Whatever. I'm going to use plethora today. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to use discombobulated mm-hmm. in a way, like, because to... Ameliorate. Right, exactly. This is I thought you meant like I'm gonna use the G R E word. I was like, a word that stands G R E. No. There's hyphens? The stand the standardized testing word. Okay. Um, and so when we are when you when he the way that he said it was so problematic in that he was so it was like it was I wonder if he started very too easy for him to say that. Because it's in real time. Mm-hmm. Hashtag I wonder if because he was starting, it was such an easy spike or a set mm-hmm. for him to spike. It was like, we'll have you do some work in the fields. Mm-hmm. It, it almost begs a slave joke. And so. Right, but why can't you just say I'm a house slave and not a. You know what? But that's what I'm saying is that he probably went to the uh, the idea of the joke first. Right. And, already had the setup going. He's right. about to spike the ball. Right. And his brain And the way that he was time, doing it sounded like that. Yeah. yeah. And the way his brain was going, his brain went toward he's like, oh what I, I can't say the house I can say house N word, but that's not gonna ring with my audience. They're like, he just said the N word. He didn't go all the way. Like he didn't no, he fully said, commit. But then he said like well his brain, he's like thinking in like nanoseconds. Right. He's like, I have to say something. 
So I'm just going to say the word. And he said the word. Instead of what and you said, you could have gone with slave. And I'm sure afterwards he's thinking, oh, yeah, that was probably a better option. And I'm sure people would have had issues with him saying that he was a slave as a white man. I mean, like, there's... Sure. But to no a lesser degree, to much a lesser degree than better him saying, than the N-word. My question, do you think he's ever going to get fired for it? No, no. This is not a Bill O'Reilly situation. This is not... Defcom level one. This is you know why? Because he is he's still one of the highest rated cable. Like yes, H, like he, he makes a lot of money for he, cable for he, HBO. Absolutely, and he apologized even half heartedly, mm-hmm. be it what it will. But he gets them ratings, and uh, he made a mistake and he apologized for it, and so he's gonna still keep his show. People distance themselves from it. Al Franken was supposed mm-hmm. to be on next week. He's not gonna be on next week. But he, he did say that he didn't think he was a racist. Yeah, they've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. They have a long decades. I mean, which I didn't realize that Al um, Al Franken um, used to write for SNL. Al Frank, yeah, that guy was I mean, he's funny. He had some good skits. Yeah, um, I think he did some stand up too, but I'm sure not he as did. much as his skits. Yeah, but uh, no, the N word is one of those things where if um, I see a lot of people who are Latino in the in New York, mm-hmm. if I go play basketball somewhere. They'll throw out the N-word to their friends mm-hmm. who were there. Well, there's and a lot I'm of like, Afro-Latinos who identify sure. as, you know, black and Latino. And I have look, lots of friends who I'm are... I'm sizing them up. Right. Just looking at them. You and don't look Af- them, they and don't they, look black. Yeah. I'm just like, man, should I have a conversation right now with this person? But I'm out here playing basketball, and this is not a person who's going to change based on one conversation. Right. They're in a whole community that I don't understand. I'm right. not in their neighborhood and their right. enclave. Right. So I can't... Well, but beginning. I think it's different when it's like a person of color saying it, specifically if they're in the Latino or black community. Mm-hmm. I think there's a conversation that should be had if you're in the Asian community, absolutely. Because I'm just like, this This purely Ugh. is not your word. Now, does that... Co- I mean, okay. Well, I don't want to get too far into that, but... What? It's Is, is that coming down to an economic stratus? Like, black and Latino, by and large... And I don't know by how much are usually more disenfranchised economically yes. than our Asian brothers and sisters. Yes. So does it come down to where is the economic privilege? Sure, I'm, I'm oh. sure it does. I mean, me and my sister were talking about this earlier today that oftentimes the left, mm-hmm. the liberal side, talks about race all the time. But off, but we like she was saying she wish she wishes that. Not only do we talk about race, but we talk about socioeconomic class and how the intersectionality yeah. of it. That's because, hard. because if you talk to a poor white person, right, like in mm-hmm. the middle of Nebraska, they're going to be like, "I don't think white privilege exists. I'm poor. Yeah. I have no privileges. You know, I don't like." And you I'm, live in a homogenous society, right. By and large, mm-hmm. in some of these small communities, mm-hmm. so you don't see the difference, right? And so you're like, no, I don't have privileges. So like, mm-hmm. if you if you talk about class in a way that we talk about race, right. not necessarily equally, but just the in, in the work that a lot of a lot of social justice folks do mm-hmm. is the intersectionality of both of those things. Yeah. Like, and sometimes you can be black and wealthy, a person of color and wealthy, or you can be a person of color and poor, and like those those are not mutually exclusive things. You know, they they can live together. I had a, a friend who had, she was on social media, she's mm-hmm. our age, mm-hmm. and she saw someone that she used to babysit, now he's grown, teenager, mm-hmm. like, what was like 14, 15, mm-hmm. and on his social media, he was talking about one of his friends, there's like a video or something, 
And in it, he's like, uh, something, something, my N-word, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. she saw this, and then she called him on. It was like, hey. That's not okay. I've known you since you were a little kid. You super white. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you calling your friends the N-word? Right. Who gave you clearance? And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, no, that was like... Oh, it wasn't audio. Someone like wrote it. Mm-hmm. So he was like, uh, it was like a snap or something. He said, no, one of my friends got my phone and they just, you know, wrote that and that right. wasn't me. And she's like, sure it wasn't. okay. And yeah. then later it came around that he did do it mm-hmm. or he did it again or something right. and we caught him again. Mm-hmm. And then she talked to the guy who knows him, another black... Oh, someone brought it to her attention. Another friend who's black mm. brought it to her attention. And this is a friend of mine who's black. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, now I know this guy's doing this. But I mean, like, what, what, do, what do I do? do? So she asked me about it and I said, here's the thing. I would say, are you doing it because you think the word... You know that word is inherently problematic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if you're going to use it, you're only using it with your friends. Why are you using a word like that toward your friends? Do you think it's okay? Right. And if they say no, I would ask them, like, then, you know, quit it. Right. If they say yes, like, it's all right, then I would say, all right, I will make you a bet, a dare. Mm-hmm. Over the next week, I want you to say the N-word mm-hmm. to 10 people you don't know this week. Mm-hmm. I want you to go outside and say it to 10 people that you've never met. Regardless of race. Regardless of race. White, black, Latino, doesn't matter. Say it to, to 10 people. And then see what the reaction is. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they won't do it... Mm-hmm. Then you that know should it's tell wrong. you something. Yeah, that means it's wrong, buddy. You right. know it's wrong. If, you know you're gonna get jumped. And if you do do it, I want to see what happens. You're gonna get jumped. <laughs> you're gonna get kicked. So you're gonna get kicked. That's that's what I would say. Is like if you really think it's it's like I'm like that dad mm-hmm. who when they find their kid smoking a cigarette is like great. Smoke you're gonna pack. sit and smoke five pack. packs. Right here in front of me. Do it right now. And yes, this will give you cancer. I really don't care. Continue. You will get cancer on the spot in front of my eyes. Uh, I will cause this. No, I'm, yeah. I mean, it's like another way of saying my dude. It's like, you know, I know that's like, it's an endearing term. And my it dude? can be. Like saying the N word is like saying my dude. Oh, my, yes. Yes. My, you know, my guy, yes. my girl, whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it, you know, it's when I was growing up, um, a teacher of, of ours, when a student said, like, swore, um, she said, you guys are smart enough to find better words. There's better uh, words yeah. to say. I always heard that. And I can so never think of better words. I, sometimes, sometimes I get it. Sometimes you sometimes just need to say... Sometimes it's for the color. <laughs> you just need it for the vibrance. Of it, which I think a lot of kids would say the same thing right. about the N-word. Of like, yeah. it, it gives it this... this uh, it's, like, it's like there are times when someone says something... In English, or I, I'll think of something in Malayalam, mm-hmm. and someone tells me to translate. I'm just like, there isn't a word I can really, yeah, like really translate that uh. to. So it's like I think that can also be the thing. So um, it's just like you, we need someone cool enough to say like saying the N word is not cool. I remember. I'm just a memory's coming back to me. I was sitting in this lecture in college mm-hmm. at this 
conference, some students were doing a presentation. A student leader group was doing a presentation. Mm -hmm. And it was about the N-word. And I don't think... No, it was about slurs. Racial slurs and epithets. And I think they were... uh, None of them were black. There was like two white people and a Polynesian student or something. Mm -hmm. And we're just going through phrases. Mm -hmm. The N-word came up. They said, you know, obviously this is a hurtful word, blah, blah, blah. We're in the middle of of nowhere. Yeah, Yeah. this is, we're in the middle of nowhere cornfields at this conference. There's, looking back on it, not enough complexity to the conversation. We didn't have the language around it. It But my friend was with me there and he's black. Mm -hmm. We're we're both sitting there together and and we're hearing this and we're, we're the choir. Mm -hmm. We believe what's being preached. Mm -hmm. But then we also added in this this question of like, okay, well, I'm on board. I've, I've put my money in the donation plate. I'm, I'm here. Right. But what happens when I watch Dave Chappelle stand up and right. he uses the N-word? And or, it's funny. Or the Chappelle show. And, it, and it's freaking hilarious. I'm laughing. Right. What do I do then? Like, what do I do as a person who doesn't identify as an N-word or as someone who is allowed to use you know quote unquote allowed to use it Mm -hmm. what does it say about me when I'm listening to a song and like jamming out to it I don't say it oh no yeah I've been in I know I know you've been in situations that car that car (laughs) ride from the university (laughs) I carpooled with that girl from small town Missouri and we were going back an hour and a half drive and Kanye West Gold Digger came on. Mm-hmm. I'm saying she a gold, gold digger. Gold digger. But she, I ain't messing with no... Broke. And I'm driving. <laughs> She's in the passenger side. She, Is she gonna say it? Because it was the unedited. And she said it. And I did not. And that <laughs> was like <laughs> white knuckles. <laughs> that wheel. And didn't say... We just let, let it keep going. Let it keep going. And then the second verse came on. She gonna do it again? I dare. I will swear. I will turn this car over <laughs> sideways. And uh, she did not say it again. Because I think she realized... Oh, I don't have clearance to say this because he's not. No white girl. (laughs) No white girl. Pay me the gas money you owe me thus far, and I'm leaving you here in Moberly, Moberly, Missouri. I don't know. They have a Texaco. Go over there. Go over there. Oh God. Um, But uh, no, yeah. The N word. And when I said this to the group uh, giving that presentation, Mm -hmm. I was like, "So what do I do in Dave Chappelle?" Says the N word. How am I supposed to reconcile my internal conflict? Right, right. You should. Their faces look so mortified. They were like. But that's but that is so real, right? Like that is such a real thing that when you're trying to help create a world that is more unified and like acceptance of other people's cultures and music and language and and food and all these different things, it's like appropriation versus appreciation. I could sit and mm. appreciate Chappelle being really hilarious because his background, his history, there's the n-word colors it in a way that makes sense me saying it it doesn't it's like when someone wears the bindi Mm -hmm. on their forehead and you're a white girl who just wears it because it's in coachella or even a black girl wearing it because it's your Mm -hmm. coachella or some sort of basic music festival Mm -hmm. sorry y'all um that like that's that's appropriate you're appropriating my culture you're not appreciating the culture Wearing a bindi with a sari to a wedding that you were invited to by the couple, that's appreciating the culture. Mm. Wait, even if you're not of that culture? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think so. Because I think it's a, I think it's a, um, you're not 
you're not uh, you're, you're not you're not characterizing you're not uh, uh, caricaturing you in, it. are you in the bridal party regardless if you're in the bridal party if you came to like say I was getting married mm-hmm. was, there was an Indian ceremony and you came to it and you wore like a traditional Indian like outfit uh, I, w- I would not be offended by that I'd be like you came to you came to an Indian wedding and you if you were mocking it and if you were not using it using the outfit or the whatever whatever whether it be language or whatever in terms of the appreciation of that of what it was supposed to be for this Indian custom mm-hmm. how would you mock if you go to a wedding wearing what everyone else is wearing you're not mocking it you're you're, not, par- you're, okay. par- you're, you're assimilating to the culture in a way that is respectful you're mocking it if you go to Coachella and wear oh, a, yes. a headdress and a bindi because you think it's cute yeah. it's a cute accessory yeah it's tough you know and so I think that's when it becomes problematic just saying I like bangles I know I can't wear them, but they jingle. They make they nice jingle. noises. And bangles are something that people wear even like outside of the Indian community. That's true. Those went far and wide. Yeah. People it's like a, them. It, that is an accessory. Whereas a bindi is or a headdress, like yeah. a, a Native American headdress, there's cult, there's like cultural significance, religious significance. There's much more to that than just like. Bangles. I will tell you a funny story off air mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. but it's. You'll enjoy this. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, that's just... I just feel like Bill Maher... I would love to see him get fired, but I know it won't happen because of... Uh, I want I yeah. wanted to. I want him to... I, I think Ice Cube is coming on Friday mm-hmm. to his show to kind of address this whole N-word situation. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, oh, did they call him especially to address I, I think that? I think I read somewhere that he was coming to the show on Friday. But I think... Um, <laughs> which is which is interesting. I mean, Ice Cube, do you? Bill, um, we just got a call from Ice Cube. He wants to talk to you. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, anyway, so there's that and... I just... I don't want him to get fired. The only reason I say that mm-hmm. is because he's one of the most, as far as anti-45 artillery. Oh, he has. He's heavy. He's, yeah, he's heavy on it. And he Absolutely. brings on people, and he's on a network that doesn't need to pay attention to censorship sure. as much. And he could just, well, which, this is when it becomes problematic, because when it was it's live. It, when it When yes. it was live, it showed up. Yeah, so yeah. it's very partisan for me. Right. To, uh, it makes sense. I, I I want him to stick around just because of the many. He's on. All right. I want him to apologize better. Well, I don't know what's gonna happen. He's an old dog. There's um. I don't believe that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I don't know. I yeah. There's some pretty old, <laughs> rough dogs out there. He uh, has been around since I remember watching his show. Was that Fox or NBC or something was, before it became he, on HBO? Uh, Real time, maybe, but before that, he was on HBO with something else called like um, Real Talk or Mar- the Bill Maher Show or something yeah. like that. And mm-hmm. my parents used to watch, or my mom watched it. I would like mm-hmm. see this guy. And I was like, I don't get why this. It was so political. I didn't right. understand it when I was right. younger. So he's been around for like two decades, right. killing it on syndicated TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to just say his bad joke washes away all the many interesting things. I won't say good or bad, but interesting right. things he's had over the past two decades. I mean, I mean, I, what recently um, Stephen Colbert said something that was oh, yeah. pretty... He's been getting a lot of... Yeah, but I he, like that, though. Yeah, no, he, I didn't yeah. think it was that bad. I just think it's because it's the N-word, and it's... 
I think it just is a little more complicated. Colbert said something the other day of like a, a stiffy. Mm-hmm. Would give someone a stiffy. Mm-hmm. It was Neil deGrasse Tyson was on talking about astrophysics. Right. As he does. As it seems to be his wheelhouse. Yeah. He's kind of smart about those kinds of things. <laughs> he was saying something and uh, he said, uh, oh, blah, blah, blah. That would, sounds like it would give this certain population of people, I forget what he was using, but a stiffy. Mm-hmm. And people laughed. It was funny. And I just thought about, could Johnny Carson say stiffy when he was on air decades Probably ago? Not. No, but now Stephen Colbert is like pushing right. what can be said right. on this show. And I'm just, I'm taking interesting note of mm-hmm. moments when he chooses to do that and yeah. how far. it's like the first time on Friends when they, when they use the B word I was like when they, yeah, I, yeah I remember it was a huge yeah. deal I was like they just said they said I bitch. can't say it but they were like yeah they just said I was like oh, have we it was all values were lost <laughs> America had turned a corner yeah <laughs> no I keep I keep Bill around I think but yeah I wish he could apologize better but maybe Ice Cube will have a, a good conversation yeah I'll be interested to see what Ice Cube says Anything else? No. I feel great. Awesome. Sorry about this foil. This dark chocolate 90% is everything. It is bitter. Ah, so good. F, man. (laughs) Anywho. Well, that was a good dabbling portion. Wait, wait, wait. wait. One more thing. One more more thing. What's the one thing? Uh, Uber. Oh, Uber. Yes. Tell me, sir. Do you use Uber? I do not. I've never used Uber. Okay. I've never ordered one. Mm -hmm. But... Everyone's favorite uh, car mm-hmm. ride service is uh, they did. It's almost like a it was almost like a kudos to them, but also like a. It's about time kind of thing. What's yeah, sexual harassment at Uber was a thing, has been a thing. There's a culture around it. Um, I'm like not surprised by that at all. Well, yeah. If you've ever had an Uber driver, I had a, I dated someone who was gonna do Uber Rush. You, like the bike service thing. Oh, okay. I almost did it with them, but we were like, time constraints and whatever. Sure. But uh, she went to the informational session, and you get the phone they give you, and right. uh, like an iPhone four, and a, a backpack for you to put all the food in. Mm-hmm. So they give you this. You you know, someone calls in an order, you go pick it up, you bike it over to their place. So okay, so delivery service. Yeah, situation. and okay. she uh, she went there, and it was like. Her is the one female and a hundred something guys. And most of them were Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was definitely a niche mm-hmm. market for, for employees. Um, but yeah, most Uber drivers and Uber employees are male. Mm-hmm. And so Uber put out a uh, investigation in an audit of sorts into their company and said, let's find out what the culture of our, our company is. And mm-hmm. we're hearing that? some things about like women not feeling comfortable here. Can you look into this? So they mm-hmm. did it themselves to hire people to look into it. Mm-hmm. And as a result of the investigation, Uber fired 20 of its employees, including um, executive uh, officers mm-hmm. in the organization, in the company. So yeah, they, were like, they found instances where women were just not treated equally and respectfully Mm -hmm. and uber cleaned house with 20 employees from upper administration that's a lot that's a lot of people and it doesn't just stop there but there's more to be done there's still ceo one of those people the ceo has been problematic at uber he's the one that has said was recorded in an uber car like Mm -hmm. you know saying 
terrible racially messed up things and things like Is that. Is Bill Maher the CEO of Uber? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. But that was close. They, uh, and from what I understand, there were two... Oh, no, I'm mixing up my investigations. There's so many investigations <laughs> going too, on right there's now. There's too many things happening. Like, <laughs> but no, I don't know if the CEO was one of them, but they definitely took care of a lot of people at the top. I've never taken an Uber car. I, I bike in the city yeah. most of the time, but uh, I know... I definitely am privileged as a man in both regards to feel like I can maneuver through the city pretty safely. Right. I don't mind getting in a car and I don't mind biking through the city and I just know that people aren't going to give me a hard time. Fair enough. Well, that's good to hear that an investigation was done and they actually took some action that is tangible. So. Yeah, I wish more companies turned a mirror on themselves. Right. I mean, I've stopped using Uber for a while now since kind of... um, the support that Uber's CEO had with Donald Trump or, like, was part of his, like, some... Oh, my God, I said his name. I just realized. Um, But anyway. um, But, yeah, so a lot of us... There was, like, a campaign to delete your Uber account, so I did. Like, actually deleted it. Mm -hmm. Because economically, to hurt him a little bit. Because I'm like, why do you need to be an advisor to whatever Trump... Like, whatever 45 situation was at the time. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean, I've used like Lyft and other things, but like only like when I'm in like a different town or a different city. But mm-hmm. usually I walk, take the tr- bike or take the train. It's pretty simple that way. I feel you. But I'm glad to okay. hear that. Cool. That, that's, I feel good about it. You feel good? I feel good. Well, so I guess that is our dabbling portion and we'll be right back. What up, folks? We're headed to our dribbling section. Yep. Welcome back. How are you feeling, buddy? I, I know we talked I about this. Don't even... It's just, do we want to talk about the game that was garbage? We can cancel this entire segment because <laughs> I'm just not in the mood to talk about game three. So that's how we feel. So we can go to the next thing. <laughs> uh, more or less. It raises a point. Look, the Warriors are up 3-0. <sighs> It's possible that they could sweep the entire playoffs. Uh, it's oh, it raises. I'm I'm so past talking about the series that it, it raises a larger question for me. What's the question? I came to this thought yesterday. Mm-hmm. You and I were watching the game. We finished watching the game. Mm-hmm. As I said, I almost fell asleep in a park because I was dazed and confused by the that barrage is... of three pointers <laughs> that just. Never ending. Ugh. It was like a Mongol horde <laughs> shooting arrows at the basket. It was and they monsters. Just, they were monsters. They had everything going. And so I just like, I looked at this and it was what we all thought it was going to be. Right. Look, you added, you took a 73 win team and you had Kevin Durant. Yeah. What so do you think is going to happen? It, exa- the formula worked <laughs> exactly like you, we thought it would. Right. So my no, thinking who is was surprised? No one was surprised that these no two teams were the last nope. team standing. And I think, I don't think people are surprised. I think people are disappointed that this is the outcome. Extremely. And so my thinking is we all waited through the formality of 82 games in the first three rounds of the playoffs. Right. To get to the inevitable end of these two teams squaring off in the trilogy rubber match. Sure. We were hoping for a similar performance as last year. Right. Game seven. I don't even care necessarily. Who would win? I have a horse in the race, of course, but sure. like, 
Game seven, as long as both teams win three and we get to sudden death, mm-hmm. I just want good basketball game right. seven. I also just want it to go as long as possible because basketball season ending is really depressing. It's a bleak sports hole out there. Yeah. After. I mean, there's baseball. Like I said. <laughs> like I said. Um, go Cards. Bleak. But, go Cubs. Um, no, but I mean, that we're at this point now where it's like, okay, I just can't wait till June. I'm ready right. for June. Right. And now we're here and it's going to end so anticlimactically. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not what I want. Which raises the question for me, is this the most boring season of my basketball life? It's boring in that it's... It's like predictable, right? Like, oh, they're gonna score a bunch of threes. That you know, you know, that's what the, the, you know, Kyrie's gonna do some interesting stuff. But like, really, it's not gonna matter. LeBron's gonna be massive and be LeBron. But at, really, at the end of the day, you have the monsters versus the Looney Tunes, and it's the monsters are gonna win because they are stacked. But I think in the play by play, even yesterday when we were watching the game, there were some really just like sick moves and plays happening, which is exciting to see. It's great. And it's fun basketball to watch. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with like the ball handling, the crazy shots from like four feet away from the three point line. Like yeah. it, it's all ridiculous. Shots that you can, you should not be able to make. Right. You're making. Um, but I'm just at like, is it boring? I don't know. Yeah, it's boring because I think- What we were the highlights to... of the season? What were the things you took away this season? Uh, Russell Westbrook. Oh, oh, you're talking the whole season. The whole season. Yeah, I would say it would be Russell Westbrook and James Harden running for MVP. Like, is those two going for the MVP? Right. And then I would say the Wizards Celtics series was fun to watch. Right. Even the whole, I didn't even keep up with it closely, but the Wizards and Celtics just having a a tit for tat throughout the season. Throughout the season. Building up toward their playoff matchup. That was good. It's it's like there's too much talent consolidated, too much talent consolidated in one place. And so the article not saying read, that they not saying that there isn't any other talent other places. Yeah. You have great players yeah. like Kawhi, and you have um, oh gosh, what's his name Isaiah Thomas, and there's a lot. There's there's a lot of talent, but it's spread out. Whereas you have. You know, a black hole of talent in, in San Francisco. Right. Like, all of them are there. You have two of the best defenders there. You have two of the best scorers there. Wait, which defenders are you talking about? Um, Draymond and Clay. Okay. Yeah. I, in the playoffs, Clay enters that conversation. Right. You don't really hear much talk about that. No, no, no. But okay. I'm, but, I'm, but I'm saying, like... Yeah. He's not... The, he's the, good. The, he's yeah. good. And... No or even just all around. I mean, he, he also, when he's on... He's, he's a marksman. He's, yeah, he's doing what he's got to do. He has so, no fucks to give. No. Clay is... Right. Clay knows who he is. Yeah, and Clay knows that he's not going to change his game because it's working for the system that right. Kerr and his... Like, like, what is... Like, I love Steve Kerr. Like, there's a lot of love for him that I have because of his time with the Bulls and also just, I just really like him as a dude. Yeah. Um... But I'm like curious, like what is your coaching you system? You have the easiest job in the league. You have when you have that much talent, it's really just making sure that the personalities mesh well together. Which what personality outside of Draymond, really? Um, though though Steph is having some moments of like sassy pantsness, which is kind of adorable. Um, 
Uh, but um, I just I want to give them credit for having more personality, but it's just so contrived. It's because of the the you sent me that article about someone who wrote a letter to Kevin Durant because people were getting on Kevin Durant's back mm-hmm. about hey man, don't you think like isn't this too easy? Yeah. Like, you came like, to a this team... Like, if you win this, like, it's not going to be as sweet as if you won it with OKC. Yeah. And KD was like, it's not my fault that the rest of the, the league is not up to mm-hmm. this standard. Like, it's not... The parody in the NBA is not my fault. I shouldn't have to mm-hmm. go to another team that's struggling mm-hmm. so that we can balance out power dynamics. I go where the fun winning basketball is where I want to win Is he having dynasties. fun? Well, it looks like he's having more fun than he had in OKC. Yeah, I mean... But that's because he's he likes Curry more than he likes Westbrook, and I can see why because of what you said. They, they are compatible in, in their personalities. They are not... Separately, up until this year, mm-hmm. they are not vocal leaders. They are not. They they lead by doing. They don't really speak right. as much. To Which is kind of cool, kind of sexy in that way too. Like it's if you're into that thing, yeah. yeah like if you're in, well, it's not even. I'm not even talking in, in that way, but I'm just saying, like you know, it's kind of interesting that you can mm-hmm. do more with saying less. Like Why? there's there's a yeah. there's a finesse to that. But now watching them do playoff games. Together and and well, just watching them play games throughout the series, Steph and KD, and do post game conferences, yeah. and just this finals run, mm-hmm. you can see mm-hmm. these two have given each other confidence. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just and like, there's a trust there, which is great. Yeah, I just you know, it's like okay, if, we did this, we did this to ourselves. We the fans made this yeah. happen. Look, it's not, and you know whose fault it is. It's it's Steph Curry's fault for having. A modest, too forgiving of a contract mm-hmm. with Golden State, where you're making—he is making pennies. You're nothing. You're not even when his his contract is up and it's time for him to re up, he'll get all the monies. But until then, he's been two time league MVP and setting all kinds of records for like I don't like four million, five million dollars a year, something ridiculous. It's, it is pennies. So pennies. so Kevin Durant can come so, to your team and because. You've never gone to the organization and, that, and said, I want to restructure. Right, and that speaks to his character Agreed. and speaks to him. His humility. Yeah, and something that I've always really appreciated about him, as much as I think he's kind of like a little boring and a little square. Yeah. Um, he's I do, silly. Yeah, he's silly. He has moments that he's in, in, in like a loving husband and father. Um, I think he's one of the few NBA players I don't think cheats on his wife. I think most of them do, personally. Um, but... The, and that's just me. I, I think a lot of athletes probably do. Right. Because they have so much tail following them. <laughs> but I actually think he, he probably doesn't. It, that's just my my gut is saying that. Um, whereas I think I, literally everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyone not named AC Green <laughs> has cheated on their spouse <laughs> in the history of basketball. In the history of basketball. Larry Bird. <laughs> Definitely. Everybody. All of them. <laughs> but, I mean, I, and I really appreciate, there's there's a, a sense of character and leadership that I really appreciate about someone to be like, you know what, I don't need all of this because, like, he's going to make he's gonna make money in other ways. He's, he's He has endorsement deals and advertisement and things like that. Um, and 
like basketball isn't his whole life, but he thinks of it as a platform for the work that he wants to do with whether it be his foundations and things like that. That's great. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I, I'll be curious oh, to good. see what happens. But yes, this series has been boring. I've heard that KD will take less money if it means that he might take less money if it means he can stay with his team and they can, you know, give Curry money and make sure. Every, and it's a selfless team. Like the, right. the Warriors know they all have strengths mm-hmm. and they play to those strengths. And they know that they as a unit. Yeah. work something they, they've either bought it whatever like I read somewhere whatever Kerr is doing to, in the system at the system of the Golden State Warriors how they train their their players and things like that is similar to the way that um, Pop does it with the Spurs where mm-hmm. everyone is bought in to what coach wants them to do no one's bigger than the team <laughs> exactly and uh, it doesn't matter about the name on the back of your jersey mm-hmm. it's the name on the front of your jersey mm-hmm. to quote every high school coach in America um, my coach never said that to me oh, oh. sorry about that sorry it was did an you, old white lady did you, all, did you all win a lot of games we did oh okay well, maybe it worked <coughs> for different people we were good uh, but I believe your old white lady coach mm-hmm. could probably coach this Golden State Warriors team and to still, a finals championship. Whoopi Goldberg could coach this this team, like she did in that one movie where she coached the Knicks. Do you know what they're talking about? I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of the name. I think it was called Whoopi. Is it called Whoopi? I think it might have been called Whoopi. Check that. But uh, yeah, the, the, this league, this series and to that guy's letter to KD he's like it's not your fault it's our fault as fans um you know we just we've made it seem okay yeah like you're not a great player unless you have a ring that's and it's such garbage because you go through the 90s and Jordan and Scotty took everything so if you six times relax out of 10 years six times in the two years you were gone Hakeem and and Clyde Drexler got theirs. Right. And so everybody else just kind of had to, like, take a seat. And the Lakers got one at the beginning because they were the Lakers. Right. They, you know, teetered in with their stuff. So it wasn't until the Spurs at the very end of the 90s were like, okay, new show. Right. You know, it was just Rockets, Bulls, Lakers. And uh, so if you were the Trailblazers, the Sonics, that 96 Sonics team was 64 and 18. They were incredibly wow. good. Yeah. Or 64 and 16. Something like crazy. Right. And they got nearly swept. They were like 4 and 1 against that Chicago Bulls team. Like, you couldn't I mean, beat them with anything. The the Jazz, Carl Malone and John Stockton twice. I know. I remember that. And then, uh, they got the Lakers, they got the... And then Charles Barkley, we make fun of Charles all the time. But that year he was MVP. Mm-hmm. Those sons were good. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I did think like look at the Carl Malones, Gary Paytons, Charles Barkleys, Who of the wor- the Reggie Millers mm-hmm. of the world, Patrick Ewings, mm-hmm. all time oh, greats, all time greats, and and we we write some of our greats off like they don't matter because they didn't get that chip, and right. I think, and we'll get to this later, I think that is a as too much of a false barometer mm-hmm. to break to to rate people on and how many you have. Right. Like, KG has... Kevin Garnett has one. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce has one. Robert Ory has seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is Robert Ory a top... Nope. 50 player all time? Nope. Come on, man. But yeah, I mean, this game is... 
It's happening. Whatever. Is the game next game four, tomorrow? Game four is tomorrow. It's in Cleveland. And... Uh, I really... Whatever. I'm, I mean, and the thing is, like, this last game, the Cavs were playing amazing. They were. They were showing up. And th- it goes back to something I said to a friend of mine recently. You have this team who is stacked, can make a crap ton of mistakes, mm-hmm. do 20 turnovers a game, and still... Yeah, the Warriors. Beat the, yeah, Warriors yeah. can beat the crap out of any team, yep. including the Cavs, this amazing, you know... And someone made an argument recently that I saw on social media where it's like, you need like two of the best scorers and two of the best defenders to beat LeBron. I'm not impressed. And I was like, okay, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, Kyrie was insane. Kevin Love wasn't great this past game. 9-13. and 13. Yeah. But he had a lot of hustle plays. Right. Matter. Yeah, absolutely. He was getting boards because some people on the team were not. Right. I mean, there's curses, I believe, that exist on that team of the Kardashian version. Yes, I said it. I said it. I just need you to articulate more. <laughs> oh, Which man, we of... just went back to that. Oh. <laughs> and he is, oh, Tristan Thompson, just don't, just, when you're in the playoffs, don't. I looked at your box score, Tristan. You are a monster and a beast waiting to be unleashed. Do not relegate yourself <laughs> to that kind of a curse, man. You are, you are better than this. We it's need like, you, know, you, man. There's like the boxers say that they're not supposed to have like sex with any like anybody. Yeah, like, before three, the fight. Like three months before the fight, like they should not. They should be like. I thought it was t- one month, but that's well, three I mean, is all. Man, you could that, knock out a bulldozer. Exactly. That's the point. <laughs> the point is, you have all of this pent up frustration right. of the sexual variety you're that saying, can. You're saying his zero points amount for like. You're having way too much sex with Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> You're too satisfied. <laughs> you are too satisfied. <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, uh, James Harden, uh-huh. Lamar Odom. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else of the Kardashians? Chris, Chris Humphrey. Chris Humphrey. Different sister, but Chris right. Humphrey's. Uh, Reggie, Reggie Bush. Bush. I think that's... There's one more, I think. Okay. But all, like, many of their careers... I mean, James Harden is okay. The whole family's into black guys, apparently, except for Chris Humphrey snuck in there one time. Isn't he half black? Chris Humphrey? No, I thought he was full white. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I could be judging that wrong, but, like, even the mom, Chris, is now dating. A very young black man. Good-looking black guy. Mm -hmm. So, I I don't know, man. They're they're all about it. So... But anyway, it's this this game... Yeah, we don't have to talk more about the Warriors cast. I'm disappointed that, uh... And if Katie gets the ring this year, then I'm happy that he no longer is in that conversation of greats who didn't get one. I don't know how he'll feel about it afterwards. Maybe it'll be the best year of his life. Maybe I mean, winning something... a championship is I would can only imagine is amazing. Like yeah, but when you do it, Draymond said it in the last interview. They asked him, blah 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 question. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, it was a hard fought game, and. We haven't, thus far, we've had some games that were, he paused, and he says, I wouldn't say easy, mm-hmm. but that we had some blowouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been blowing the doors off people the whole year, and through the playoffs, right. and so like, you finally had to scrap a little bit, and you, you pull it together. At the end of this, right. Now, will really, if I went to, 
speaking only for myself, right? If I were struggling and striving to get a championship in a small market team, could not find enough pieces to put it together. My right hand man is great, but I I have some reservations. Sure. And after eight seasons and the team with the team that drafted me, I'm thinking. You know, I'm in the prime of my career. I got to start getting chips now because I need to have five chips, six chips, not just one. Right. Then maybe I'd be pushed to go to a team. But if that team just set the record for most wins in a season, Mm -hmm. and my only concern going to that team is, will I throw off their rhythm? No. And and by the end of the season, I realize, oh, no, we're just great. Like... With, one of the greatest teams possibly yeah. that ever existed in the Oh, NBA. yeah. My, my arsenal just adds to what is already a robust mm-hmm. uh, artillery, just like rapid-fire threes. And the thing is, like, I've always known KD was an, a phenomenal player. Yeah, of course. Like, I've never not known that. No, but this, no question. Pl- this playoffs, I was just like, dang it. That, that last Which, shot that he made, yeah. that three-point shot that, like, no. I was like... No one's surprised by Katie's marksmanship. He's been a sniper. His his Instagram is like easy sniper thir- yeah. three or whatever. whatever like, is, yeah. Easy money sniper. Right. Because that dude can shoot the lights out. Right. And so, I mean, but, you know, we'll get into that because I looked at his numbers this year compared to his career mm-hmm. and a lot of other players. And, I, I mean, I have my thoughts. Okay. We'll, we'll get into KD more. But at the end, if I won a championship with that team that I just came to mm-hmm. and I didn't throw off the rhythm, we were that much greater mm-hmm. and we just swept everybody through and through, at the end, I'd take my championship, sit it on the shelf and say like, great, I'll do it again next year. And if I did it again the same way for years and years and years, I don't know if I'd get bored or not. Some people might go play baseball. I don't know. <laughs> Why you gotta Why you gotta talk about baseball like that? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Well, maybe let, well, let's talk about that. Do you? Would you consider him? We, we were talking that we wanted to talk about our top five yeah. players of twenty seventeen of this this past season. Yeah, we're talking what they do on the court. Yes, from basket to basket. Do you want to go? You want to go first? I mean, I can try it out. All right. So, we'll start with number five for me. And I will say that it took me... It's, I'm still not completely satisfied with the order of my five, to be honest, because I'm still like... I can, I can relate. I'm, this is very difficult. It's very difficult. And like I love certain players for very specific like personality reasons, and it's clouding mm. my judgment. What um, were your factors? What were all your factors? So... Um, for one, is like, do, do I like them? Just personally, do I like them? <laughs> I will be, I will be legit and just say, do I like them personally? Okay. Um, and I would say with all of them, I do like them in to some varying, you know, some varying way. Yeah. Um, uh, intensity on the floor as far as like their points, hustle, hustle um, just kind of their the the grit that they have on on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, how they work with their unit their unit um and the numbers really yeah at the end of the day because i mean i feel like if i just do numbers alone i think my top five would will be pretty pretty close to the same i think the bottom would be a little bit different but let me just go through my five very quickly my number five Kawhi leonard all right number four respectable number four russell westbrook okay 
these next two I'm not thrilled about saying, but I have to say it. Oh, Number boy. three is Steph Curry. <laughs> Number two is Kevin Durant. Uh-huh. And my number one will be LeBron James. All right. What's yours, bud? My, not too different. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is Steph Curry. Number four uh-huh. is Kevin Durant. Number th- what? Wait, what? Number four is Kevin Durant. I'm talking about 2017. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about this. Okay. I put James Harden number three. Oh, God. I put. West- I actually put him down. My sister was saying, why you have him down? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's and I took it off. Hey, and I put Westbrook at number two. And Bron Bron at number one. So I was debating to do Bron Bron and Westbrook as one and two. Yeah. But after seeing yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got, after, you got. Yeah. I got in my feelings after yesterday's game. And yeah. then having the conversation I had with our friend Winston. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I can't. As much as I don't want to put KD at two and Steph at three, I cannot you just saw something remarkable, and I you're dazzled. And you, I can't. I, I got blinded. They just showed you the Ferrari on the lot, and you're like, oh, this is the best car ever invented. Right. But look, there, there are some more, some cars that we have seen this year that are just as impressive. Sure. But it was the, we're talking about 2017. 2016, so, 2017. Yes. This, this year. Basketball season. Basketball season. I'm, so my factors were this. On-court stats and efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. Just show me the numbers. What's your efficiency rating? What is your... um, How strong is your team? How competitive is your team in the league? Mm -hmm. Knocks out people like Anthony Davis from the conversation, who's averaging 28 and and 12. But your team is garbage. You you can't do anything. Also, the Pelicans. My sister was just talking about it today and how... The Pelicans, really? How many times have you ran away from Pelicans? The Pelicans helped finding Nemo. If you piss off a pelican, those things are vicious. I guess. They could, uh, man, I would not mess with a pelican. Anyway. But they have to, it's, it's, it's with the culture of New Orleans. Right. Um, team strength and competitive. Um, where do you rank relative to other people in the league in your statistical areas? Okay. Where are you compared to the pack? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your effort and your hustle? Right. And then also I put in an X factor of leadership. I think one of yeah likability okay. leadership all of that kind of comes. If together. I if I did, if I had your what you just said mm-hmm. my number one and two would definitely be LeBron and then okay Russell. well then all right here we go when when I look at my list mm-hmm. here here's how hard it was for me this mm-hmm. year was so hard as boring as it was to have the monolithic Warriors right. at the top of the the league the uh, the talent level of people this year was so close Mm -hmm. at the elite side. Mm -hmm. It was so hard for me. So I had to make a top 10 and sort that out to get to my top five. The reason Curry and Durant are at four and five is because they're each averaging 25 points a game. That is down from both of their marks their averages throughout their career okay right well steph had a like anomaly year last year he went up from like 24 points a game to 31 right but we got to see what steph can do like you can get to 31 points a game and lead the league now you're only having to average 25 but he doesn't need to average and that's the point so 20 he goes to 25 durant goes to 25 they both come down like five points in scoring Mm -hmm. on average then because they have each other so they don't need yeah so exactly. four and five makes sense yeah. exactly then you got eight rebounds for durant and five assists curry's averaging four and a half rebounds and just a sh- 
a hair under seven assists. Okay, so my thinking is this: Curry is thought of as one of the best point guards we've ever seen. Right. When you and talk think, about scoring, right? When you talk about the the way but, he, he but, does, he rarely drives, but like he's. Yeah, but he can be good under the basket. Well, my thing is yeah, this. Yeah, he if was you, yesterday. If you have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and the slew of other shooters that make this team a 130-point right. scoring team. In the finals. Why do I see assists at like six and a half assists a game average mm-hmm. when there are people like Rondo, Westbrook, mm-hmm. John Wall... CP3, who are getting 10 assists a game. John Stockton, 12 assists for his career. Magic Johnson, 12 assists for his career. You're a guard who can shoot, but you've got all these shooters you can facilitate to. And you're not facilitating to them. Does that make you more of a ball hog? No, not at all. Because I don't think they're not ball hogs. Not they're, they're making extra passes. So sure. you might pass it to someone else, but he passes it to another guy, and it's just your system. Right. But my thing is, you're not the playmaker that my other top three are. Right. In terms of their team moves at their usherance. Like, mm. they, you're on such a high-powered team that you can pass it to Clay in the corner, but he sees Sean Livingston over there for a better pass. Right. So your assist now gets rebuked to someone else. Right. So... You're gonna, you fell down on my list because Harden, Westbrook, LeBron have more. Let's look at these player efficiencies. So I looked at player efficiency rating and uh, real plus minus. Okay. Two statistical player efficiency rating is let's take all the good things someone does for their team, right? Subtract all the bad things they have in for their team and, what's the and factor it out over the number of minutes they play. And then, so in that regard, they have lower player efficiency ratings than my top three, Harden, Westbrook, and LeBron. It's like 24... Curry has a 24.7. Durant has 27.6. Harden has 27... A little over... uh, Like 27.5. Westbrook, 30.7. And LeBron, uh, about 27. Oh, actually, LeBron has 27.11, which Mm. is lower than Durant, higher than Curry. But... Real plus minus, and I had to look into this because mm-hmm. real plus minus is something I've known about for a while. Right. But like, what is this? Yeah. So, I, real plus minus was a even more accurate barometer of. Um, let me read the description for what player the efficiency yeah. uh, rating. Is the per minute rating developed uh, by ESPN? The PER sums up all the players' positive accomplishments, subtracts the negative accomplishments. And returns a per minute rating of a player's performance, huh. which is nice. I, it sounds like an average, right? Like what's this person's average, right? But then the real plus minus is how well a player's. There's four things: how well a player's team performs when he plays, but doesn't adjust for, uh, but doesn't adjust for context. Hmm. Context Hold of on. the game. Yeah, like who's on the court at what time. Okay. Um, Adjusted plus minus accounts for... Oh, these are the... All right, the different ways... Okay, there's four different metrics of a real plus minus. This is all... This is too much. This This is is too much. But I'm going to tell you how complicated this is. This is how complicated... You won't even get this, but here's how... I'm trying to follow you and I've lost. Here's why this number number matters. Because the algorithms and matrices around this Mm -hmm. are so accurate and specific that it gets to a number that's indicative of what a player's real worth is. Mm-hmm. So one of the matrices, the four types of real plus minus that are averaged out, 
one plus minus measures how well a player's team performs when he plays, but mm-hmm. it doesn't account for the context of, well, he plays with this player more often than this player. Right. So that's where player so efficiency rating gets off. Right, like right. Like, you're better on the court with this other player. Right. Both of your PERs are going to go up. Right. All right. Adjusted plus minus, that's APM, mm-hmm. accounts for the quality of a player's teammates and opponents. So it's looking at, okay, you do great when you play against the Pelicans because they're the Pelicans. Because right. they have one good player. Right. Okay. <laughs> Curry's got an amazing player efficiency rating, but your teammates are also really good. Right. So you're right. So that's gonna it's gonna it's gonna right. put that factor. That's in. adjusted plus minus. Mm-hmm. Regular. This is gonna get crazy now. Regularized adjusted plus minus RAPM smooths out. APM's more extreme results, but tends to be a little too conservative. So it tapers it back. Like, mm-hmm. Curry went off for an amazing performance, blah, 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 but we're going to pull it back a little bit because, like, it was an anomaly. Like, you had a freak out game mm-hmm. against a bad team. Like, you got 81 points out of nowhere. 81 olives. <laughs> um, and then the last one is expected, regularized, adjusted plus minus XRAPM brings in other types of data to improve the RAPM. This stat is what real plus minus is based on. You've got four factors that culminate into someone's average of a real plus minus. It's crazy. So I read this whole thing and I'm like, I can't even... I like, get I, it. I mean, I, I get, get it, it, but like, it I get is it. so complicated. If you read the whole article, it's very interesting. But anyway, so what it comes down to is LeBron's got a freaky, crazy high RPM. It's 8, 8.16. Okay. And it's a 10-point scale, I'm assuming? Uh... I don't think there's a scale. It's just like from zero up. Okay. So we haven't seen the... I don't know what the highest is so far. Maybe he has it. But um, 8.16. And then from there, the next highest... The next highest is actually Chris Paul. I'm not surprised by that. 7.93. And that's why he actually crept into my number six spot. I put him ahead of Kawhi. I... Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and it's crazy. He He was my number six. Yeah. Yeah. I put him there because we doubt on him because yeah. he's an older point guard, mm-hmm. but his efficiency when he's on the court is so Oh yeah. It's so important to his team. So he was number 2 and then number 3 was actually Curry um but his player efficiency rating isn't that high. Westbrook's was pretty high, Harden decently high, and Durant's was low. Um 4.78 or 5.78. So I looked at all of these factors together, and I'm like, this team, Durant and Curry, bottom line, are not at their peak performance because when they come together, they don't have to do as much. Right. When LeBron left to go to Miami, people right. said, this guy's going to coast now because right. he's got two all-stars he's, on he, his team. He, he went ring shopping. That's what he did. Yeah. And they were like, oh, he doesn't need to do anything anymore. What did he do? His numbers were the same, if not better, mm-hmm. the first year he went to, in throughout. He won two MVPs, arguably should have won four. Right. But he went there, and the year Derrick Rose won his MVP, LeBron had better numbers in every single category. Right. Rebounds, assists, points. But because he went to Miami... It doesn't... It, it's like, well... You don't need to. Your team doesn't need you to do right. that. But he still had the numbers he had in Cleveland. Right. Whereas Durant left, went to this team, and his numbers... Are dropped. not as good. Yeah, they dropped. Uh, Curry's numbers not as good as last year because you have and Durant. you've got all these players yeah. on your team 
who can facilitate and do this work. So you only average 6.7 assists a game, whereas LeBron's averaging nine. Yeah. You know, yeah, and LeBron has a big three, mm-hmm. but he's also got players on his team who are role players, and mm-hmm. either way, the offense runs through him right. in a way that's essential. And he, I mean, the leadership is there, and I think that's what why he's both of our number ones so, on top of all yeah. the numbers. Beyond the numbers, he's... I think his leadership on the team is better than the, everyone else's. The reason we put this together is because Scottie Pippen and other people, even Paul Pierce said this today. Yeah, I know. They said Kevin Durant's the best player in the league right now, and I just cannot. Right now, KD is the, not even for this season, my second best. Mm-hmm. Just based on this season. But if we're factoring in other things, I don't know what other people are looking at, but I'm assuming they're looking at his length, his size, his style. Well, he's not even that big, but like his length, his marksmanship, his mm-hmm. style of play, his finesse and, and how he moves his body on the court. Right. Um, and one-on-one, who could give LeBron, the former best player in the league, a problem? Right. Yeah. Kevin Durant would give him more of a problem than so he, Russell I would Westbrook. Then, then he should be number two then. If we're judging best player in the league based on who can take the current number one, Mm -hmm. one one-on-one. Yes. Yes, but that's not what... If you ask someone like, Paul Pierce, why do you say KD is the best player in the league? They're not going to say because he could take LeBron one-on-one. It's it's so hard because it's it's all subjective. As much as we try to make it as... Like, your list is way more scientific slash objective than mine is. Took a long time. I'm sure, clearly. Can I read you, my other five? The my ahead, bottom five? And this is based on the same criteria. Same, yeah. CP3 at six. Right. Kawhi at seven, uh-huh. which I was surprised by. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo at eight. Uh-huh. Anthony Davis at nine. Draymond at ten, which is arguable because you could put a lot of people in there ahead of him. I was going to say, like, okay, I can see that. But, I mean, it's, it's, like the, it's like the conversation, who's the best player in the league ever? You know, you got people like me, who's going to, without a doubt, say what? Did you make a top five all time? No. That's fine. That's fine. I haven't done it yet. That's fine. We can do it next one. We'll do it another time. But, um, you could, like, you you can ask someone like me and I'll be like Michael Jordan. I don't care. Of course. What Magic Johnson did. I don't care what Kareem did. I don't care. I don't care what anybody did. Michael Jordan is the best. Done, period. I don't care. Um, I don't even bring LeBron into the conversation because he's not Not retired anymore. I'm like, well, oh yeah, not I mean, anymore after the oh, after yesterday, but also like I think it's important when you say of all time, let's do it for everyone who's retired. Once you're retired, let me see all your numbers. I agree, and let's make it make it. Complete. I don't disagree unless you put up such a great resume before you've even retired. And LeBron has where yeah. he's going to be considered one of the top ten but players in the one. league. Not goat. He he can't be the goat at this point. And in there his are, career. I mean, there were people who I've talked to who were like, if he wins these next two games, three and four, which I obviously he obviously didn't win three, right. that he may be like better than Michael. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like you need to stop right there. If he comes back to win this title from where he is now, yeah, you can be the greatest of all time until the year three thousand. Like I will give it up wholeheartedly. I will not because I will still fight for that. Jeez. You can be one point one. Or 1.2, you're not number one. But yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it's just so, like, it's, there's too many feelings involved, at least for, if you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we have our own biases and, like, people, like, Draymond, I would want, I would never want to put him in my top ten of this past year. Just because I think he's an ass. Well, but, yeah. Oh, God. 
but it's like, but it's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what is he doing on the floor. So I'm like, okay, if, if I think about it that way, then yeah, I have to, right? But I don't know. Something to think about. I'm glad Draymond's not as dirty this year. He hasn't Draymond anyone yet. He hasn't kicked anyone. In the nuts. <laughs> he has not been foul with the refs. He's been, you know, he's been doing his work, staying solid, consistent. Right. You know, my hat's off to him and the whole team, really. But yeah, for my top five, I mean, like, Durant and Curry, based on just this year. Yeah. You look at their numbers, they are not. I, how can you look at the year that Harden had? I mean, and that's why you would put Harden and Westbrook before him. That 29 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists on that team. Right. Getting them to the second round. Yep. On a team that doesn't have other all-stars. Right. Yeah, of course he's ahead. Of, man, come on. Westbrook? He averaged a freaking triple. Do- we can take away the rebounds and say that his team was giving him rebounds. That's right, fine. Right. He still averaged. He had thirty-two points a game, led the league in scoring, and that was that was a demon right. on the court. And his team had a great record, and he took him to the playoffs and did very well. Yeah. Well, he got. He ran into the. Wait, who did they play in the first round? Was it the Warriors? Who the the. Uh, okay, see. Or they play the Spurs. They, no. I forget who they played. They played... Oh, they played the Rockets. The Rockets, yes. Yeah, they lost to Harden's Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally understandable. Yeah. Because you had two MVP candidates going right at it with each other. And if he had not faced the Rockets and faced someone like the Utah Jazz, Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, you know, Thunder could have been in the second round. Right. Who knows? Yeah, who knows, man. All right, what else is happening? All right, some other things. Last things. Um, Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley's going to trial, yeah. Against MSG, Madison Square Garden. James Dolan and the Madison Square crew, who arrested him, uh, forced him out. Yeah, And we don't know what's clear about that. It's still under speculation. That's why they're doing the trial. But James Dolan, um, is it GM? General manager? Yeah, something like that. President of the Knicks? No. Phil Jackson's president. No. James Dolan is the... uh, Executive chairman of the Madison Square Garden Company. Oh. So yeah, James Dolan had him removed from a game early in the game. We so don't know disrespectfully. Why. Just by hands. So many people took him out of that arena. I mean, there's a lot of... There was an uproar of Knicks fans, including people like me who are not really Knicks fans, right. but... I'm a Charles Oakley fan. I'm a huge Charles Oakley fan, and I... Like, the disrespect of what happened to him for tickets that he paid for. It wasn't, like, free tickets that he had. He, he paid for that ticket for him and Spectator. his friend. Spectator. Spectator. He, he was there to watch a game. He was a of- Nick. He was watching a Knicks game. He's, Y'all need all the money you can get. He was a Knicks fan. <laughs> he was a Knicks player for ten years. I know. He was so good. It's like it's like it's like the the United Center in Chicago mm-hmm. telling Scottie Pippen get the heck out. I know that's a great comparison. Like, what? How can you? No. It's you, so disrespectful. One, you, it is so disrespectful. It's sacrilege. Absolutely. And so they, they moved him out of the arena, and he did not like that. And afterwards, James Dolan said, mm, I don't know. It's, it seems like he might have a problem with alcohol. I really can't say. It's like painting a picture right. of a drunk of black a, guy. Of a drunk black guy, which 
you know, let's let's do more terrible pictures of black men in media. Let's it, do it. The the pretrial, whatever, they tried to do a settlement. James Dolan and his his lawyers offered Oakley some kind of settlement. I don't Oakley, know how much it was. Oh, I'm sure Oakley was like, no, I'm taking you for filth. He's like, I do not care. <laughs> We're going to trial. So it's set for like you, August You think 4th. I have a drinking problem? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. Right. Let's go to court. So let's Oak's, make it public record. Let's go. Oak's going to take it to court and we'll go from there. They said he's, they asked him about it, like Oakley, you're going to trial. How do you feel about that? He's like, it's just, it's part of life. Yeah. Is what you do. I mean, if I was him, I would go to trial too, especially for something that, from what I saw in the video, uh, James Dolan was like two or three rows down, mm-hmm. and it was like security that came in. It was clear that it, it was just such, it was messy. And whatever issues you may have with Oakley, and like Oakley, you know, he had a temper. He he has a temper or whatever you want to call it. When he was on the court, like he he was fierce. Like that's what he that's what he did as a player. Not to piss people off but like he was he was a fierce competitor yeah and he was the enforcer yeah and so when you if you have whatever beef you have with a player a former player it is what it is but it doesn't look great when rich white dude Mm. is telling his security his goons to go get this black man out of here um and then accuse him of being this like terrorizing Mm. person on the conservative side it seemed like there were i'll say eight Mm -hmm. security people who went up to him i think it was like 12 10 or 12 but we'll say it was it was like eight on the conservative side Mm -hmm. so i'm not they took his phone away from him or something it was yeah it was such a they came up to him but it was just like he had been sitting in his seat and then you just walk up to him with eight guys and start talking to him how can that go? And the game go? hasn't even started yet. No. I mean, how do you think that's going to go? Why are you talking to me? Why I'm are sitting you here t- with my beer, right. maybe my hot dog. Why are you like, literally talking to this guy Literally, right now? I'm here with my friend. I bought these tickets. I, it's, it's, I'm interested to see how this uh, trial comes out. I hope it, it may be one of those things where it's he said, he said, and it sure. ends in a settlement. Either way, the optics on it are not great. And, I mean, but the Knicks franchise has bad juju for it's and it's had bad juju for for way too long. I wouldn't be surprised if Carmelo leaves this summer and ends up being traded somewhere. You think? If he wastes his no trade clause, just because I mean the the Knicks can't sign anybody, a major market play free agents this year are yeah. not going to go to the Knicks. No, you just this Charles Oakley incident plus the the Twitter beef with uh, Phil Jackson and, and Carmelo and just mm-hmm. like different things being put out there. It's such it's a negative juju. environment. It's bad juju. Yeah, man. I wouldn't want to be on the Knicks. Nope. So there's that. And then... And we have an update about the All-Star game, right? The yeah. All-Star game is going to be moved. To, and again, it's going to go back, what, 2019 to mm-hmm. North Carolina, Charlotte? Right. That was a decision by the league to do that. And apparently... So, right, the whole background is we moved the All-Star game from Charlotte this past year to New Orleans because of House Bill Number 2 right. in North the ba- Carolina. The bathroom, the bathroom law boss. saying, you know, if you got a, if you got a, you got a man part, you the, go to the, the man. genitals, you go right. into the man section. Even if section. you identify as a woman. Your gender identity expression thing, we're not hip to that. We don't, no. we don't know what that, we don't care what that means. Right. We want you to just go where the man parts go in the go man place. Where women part go in the women place. Go pee pee where you need to go pee pee. According to your 
We're going to keep things separate and equal. Is that (laughs) the term? And that has never been a problem for us, right? That's been fine. (laughs) So that was the rule. And then uh, they put this bill forward in the House. NBA said, well, we don't like that. And we have an all-star game set to take place in your home state in just like, you know, some months. So we need you to figure that out. And they said, no, we're not going to. And so the NBA and a lot of companies pulled their business from there. I'm still waiting for Michael to do what he said he would do. He's not going to do it. <laughs> North Carolina uh, was hurting financially for a little bit, and so they passed this House Bill 142. Okay. Which is a a sorry attempt at having House Bill 2, but having it on the shelf until 2020. So it's not going to be effective until 2020. That is my understanding. So the NBA moved the all-star game to Charlotte for 2019. So think about this. In 2019, we're going to have an all-star game taking place in Charlotte. And mm-hmm. we know then a year later, this place is going to make it less welcome for transgender fans of the NBA mm-hmm. to use bathrooms. North Carolina needs to do a better job. And seriously, let's choose a different location. Come on. There's so many places you could be at NBA. Come on. I, I And again, mm. and you talked about this before, I am not as smart as the lawyers and the people involved in making the decisions that they're making. But as a fan, I'm disappointed. Uh, right? I mean, I think that's the only fair thing I can say. I try, I, I, we'll see as we get closer to the, if you could move a game mm-hmm. from one city to another that quickly, I think it was like a six month. Yeah. Uh, an advance move. Right. And, th- and that's a lot of contracts that you are so many breaking. Contra- you're yeah. losing a lot of money and breaking a lot of contracts. But if you uh, if you can do that in six months, if we're talking about 2019 All-Star Game, two years early, maybe things start to escalate before we get to that date sure. and some things can be adjusted or done. Yeah. When the flame actually gets hotter. Right. I also wonder when they left mm-hmm. North Carolina to go to New Orleans for the all-star games that I wonder if there was any like negotiation of like, we'll come back. We'll come back here. If you, if things, if this is not, if this bill is not a real thing, like, I wonder if there was like a conversation uh, of some sort of, some sort of business conversation of like, sure. Because you're like, okay, I can break this contract with this hotel or with this whatever, you know, whatever. The Marriott. The Marriott. The, the We're going to lose out on all those continental breakfasts. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But, no, but know. like, we, I can either, I can either do that, like, either, like, lose millions of dollars as the MBA, right? Or I can be like, look, I'm canceling this contract PR wise. We need to, we need to not be here because it's not okay with us. PR as well as our values as the MBA, whatever it may be. Yeah. But we're walk. We are open to coming back. I'm sure that we're open. To, said. We're we're open to coming back if this was not a reality. Currently, this is yes. the reality. Contingent on this, right? Contingent on this. If you say we're not going to get these penalties, money wise or whatever, monetarily mm-hmm. or economically wise for the NBA, I, we'll definitely come back in two years, possibly. If this is not there, if you don't give us this, like penalty, that could be a thing. I'm making this up. I don't know if this is a real thing. No, I think you're right. I mean, there has to have been... It's just common sense that someone would say, like, look, the only reason we're pulling this game is because of this 
one statute, this, right. this bill put in place. If this is not here, we'll, we'll, we'll come, come back. back. But like, yeah, I mean, if you we'll, if we'll be we'll, back we'll in a couple of years, we'll the contract in two years. Yeah, next no, year, no just like we have to go to New Orleans this year. It's already done because you're moving too slow on this. Right. Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. So if you get this squared away and we have the All Star Game in New Orleans this year, then next year we'll try and do it in your state. I'm sure they've talked about. that. I'm sure there's a lot of things. I mean, North Carolina has been in the news for a minute too with the gerrymandering. Like the, mm-hmm. it's gone to no. the Supreme Court yeah. and things like that too. So. Um, and the Supreme Court found it unlawful the way that they have gerrymandered because it was based off a race. So, yeah. I mean, North Carolina, let's uh, come. Let's come to the twenty first century. Let's. But, uh, but you know what? It's not. It's definitely not. Just, what this does, and I'm shifting just my focus on right now. I'm focused on the NBA's mm-hmm. choice to go back there. Yeah. But really, that's the smallest part of what I should be looking at. It's yeah. that one state given all the economic repercussions that Mm -hmm. it faced. A lot of companies pulled their businesses out of there. Amidst all of that economic uh, impact, Mm -hmm. they still stuck to this value, virtue decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which tells me, like, North Carolina is one of a handful of states, probably regionally, Mm -hmm that feel the same way right. like even if you hurt me in my pockets mm-hmm. I'm still down with my belief right. that these people do not deserve equal treatment in this respect right and it's just like it's deep rooted yeah. like you get money rules a lot of things right like economics yeah. makes the world go around money talks and uh, for better or for worse and right. so if you can go through uh, you can withstand a year's worth yeah. of economic punishment and your state and your lawmakers say like well we're down X billions of dollars but we don't care these are our principles. you are not using our toilets right. like wow like wow that is some and that I'm, is some persistence that and if it's North Carolina it's certainly South Carolina and it's Tennessee <laughs> and it's Mississippi Virginia, and Louisiana. I'm just saying, like, all, all the things. The Bamas, like, I, it just it, it hurts my heart to know that there are people in those areas who feel um, just like you and me, and mm-hmm. just like people of that state, citizens of there, who right. just feel like my state is dead fast, steadfast against my rights mm-hmm. to feel. Um, equal, adequate, mm-hmm. respected, right. uh, like a first-class citizen of the law. Right. And, and my other friends and family members here in the state who identify as they do right. can go about their lives and not worry about anything, but I have to go through my, my community feeling otherized or second-class. Right. And it's just, it doesn't matter to my representatives at all. I feel like I, I see that and hear that more and more. In our world. And it's the, the lawmakers who are sitting there saying, well, you know, yeah, this is hurting us economically right now, but, you know, maybe this will blow over. And people maybe will realize. A it's a phase. Yeah. So, I'll tell you what, we won't do it yet, but in 2020, we will, we will we'll do this crazy-ass thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, it's rough. And it's, it's not mind-blowing, and I shouldn't be surprised. I guess I'm not surprised. I'm just uh, continually frustrated and disappointed yeah. that we uh, progress and it is progress but progress comes slow 
Yeah. It takes a while. And people even say this. There are people who struggle with change. Mm-hmm. If you, be it race, mm-hmm. be it like uh, segregation, be it integration, be it um, freaking um, interracial marriage, mm-hmm. all these sorts of things, uh, gay it's, marriage. If yeah. you put it out there, some people will just flat out say, like, I'm not comfortable with this right now. Right. But I'm warming up to it. It just takes me a while. Yeah, Wrigley's, Great, Wrigley's also uncomfortable with things. Apparently, he does not like houseboat too. Wrigley, stop it, buddy. So I, I, yeah, I mean, people have their hard time. They just need to, and that's what progress is, right? You know, right. like Rome wasn't built in a day, and not everybody comes around. Yeah, and sometimes you have to take three steps forward and one step back, and that's just it takes a couple of generations to die. And we have to, I, like, I had a, a professor once tell me he he was English, um, and he he said so funny that you know we we said we were talking about history and so and he was just like so funny that when you guys talk about american history you guys are so so young yeah and i'm just like and not he wasn't like being like oh you're so young like 18 19 year olds he's like oh no america you're like 200 Mm -hmm. years old you're babies (laughs) you don't know what you're doing and so um mccarthyism like back in the day (laughs) like the red scare it's like now when you listen to tapes like that i think about that when we talk about russia Mm -hmm. and these hearings Mm -hmm. now i know russia tampered and did some things right but the way we're talking about it in the same kind of um machiavellian Mm -hmm. terms of like the cold war and uh the red scare and all this stuff is like oh are we getting you know is, is scare culture, fear culture becoming yeah. too much yeah, yeah. where we're starting to lose like sense of reality? Yeah. So I take that with a grain of salt anytime we're talking about right. those conspiracies. Right. But like that's the, that's the, our times. Like, right. For the culture of our times. Right. You're like, oh, what was it like back then? Yeah. Um, people who went through all those like Cold War stuff now look at it and like, yeah, we didn't know what Sputnik was and we were scared out of our minds. Right. But now we know Sputnik was just like a thing. Yeah. Going through. And, we yeah. Know. I mean, uh, I don't know. It just makes me, it, as you said, it hurts my heart. It makes me sad. But it's also like, it's part of the growing pains of a society of like, we have to go through these like, and it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it like, all right, you just have to deal with the fact that people are going to be assholes and bigots, you know, but just kind of to be like, this is a growing pain. I'll put this out there. 300 million people in this country. Mm-hmm. It's going to be impossible to get everybody in step, in line, oh, yeah. at the same time. Yep. So we, we will have some lag behind. But what's disappointing, and I guess a little surprising to me, is it is always the same region. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's consistent with trends in education and mm. healthcare and these sorts of things, which is disappointing because they're good and decent people who live yeah. down there who don't have access. Yeah, this is not a this is not a picture of every single North Carolinan. No, but, but even the ones who agree with House Bill too, like right. I don't think a lot of people who take a different political view than me mm. are doing it intentionally just to cause conflict. They like exactly. they the, believe in what they, they believe, believe in. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I look at like. All the way back, I forget which podcast this was, but I just heard about, um, maybe it was Things You Should Know or Stuff You Should Know, but mm-hmm. like the South, they, they got me with the tag, the, the hook, mm-hmm. the little uh, teaser. They were like, you know, the perception that people in the South are slow mm-hmm. and unintelligent mm-hmm. uh, and lazy or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's based in scientific truth. 
Whoa. I was like, what? Hold on, what? <laughs> like, That's Hold a cool thing to say. <laughs> um, and it was, uh, it was about ringworm. Hookworm. It was about hookworm. Okay. And so, the, the back in the day, in like 1800s, mm-hmm. they were starting the community up in the south. And the south was mostly agriculture. Mm. And the northern part was industrialized a little bit more. Commerce and trading. So, the stuff grown and produced in the south with that climate could be moved up north, all that stuff, processed and shipped and everything. So you have more dirt and outdoor space, Mm -hmm. and some people didn't have indoor plumbing, so outside you use the outhouse, Mm -hmm. and like you cover up the the business with the dirt and as you will. But like in the moist soil of like, sorry I said moist, (laughs) (laughs) in the soil of that, uh, climate in the south, you know, it's balmy, it's right. wet, it's, you know, Humid. it's perfect yeah. for a hookworm to live and they'll be inside the dirt and what they would do is, this is gross, so if you're eating food right now and you're listening to this, you want to stop <laughs> for a little bit. Finish your food. <laughs> but. Come back in an hour. I did not know this. Hookworms go in through the foot. Ew. And so you step in this, they would step in, long story short, south people living, southern people living in agricultural communities, which was the majority of people in the south in the 1800s, uh, would step in like soil and like manure and mm-hmm. stuff like that where hookworms were. They'd go in through the body, they go in through the lungs, then you cough it up and then it comes back into the body, goes into the intestines and starts sucking energy, blood, life from you slowly. You don't notice it. It doesn't cause you any kind of pain necessarily. You might breed a ton of hookworms inside of you and not even know it, but they are incrementally taking energy from you so southern people were getting sicker faster and needed more rest right in the 1800s they sent a doctor down from the north to investigate like what's what's going on down here in the south because like right. you know, agricultural production whatever we have some concerns he goes down there starts looking into stuff and yeah. finds out the common trend here is like 60 percent of your population has hookworm Wow. 60% of your population is infected with this thing that takes energy from you and your ability to think, learn, because you just don't have enough uh, uh, energy capacity within right. you to retain all this information. And, you know, the and there's socioeconomic system. reasons for like you not yeah. having like indoor plumbing and exactly. things like that too. So totally. like. Like, this, it's just perpetuated it was over a, the years. It was a cycle. And this whole podcast outlined it, and I was like, oh, shoot. So you're telling me, like, hookworm is the reason why the South got stunted. or Like, stunted economically mm-hmm. and even physically. Yeah. Like, people were smaller in certain parts of the South. Wow. And it was because of that. That's and wild. It, and it was in dogs and animals and stuff like that. Aww. They were just around. But then they sent, like, vaccinations and people to go down there and actually do yeah. some work on the Right. Stuff. Help, help the and there was, like, epidemic. People wear shoes. People wear shoes. Yeah. That, but, that helps. But all that together is just to say, like, this region has suffered, like, a lot of damage and trauma right. and hurricanes mm-hmm. and all the other sorts of natural disasters. And uh, so you look at where they are politically and culturally around things like gay marriage and LGBTQ mm-hmm. rights and, and race mm-hmm. and all that. And it's just like disappointing. And I, I hope one day all of the United States can be on the same page of just equality. Right. Or decency. equity. <laughs> Equity's fine too. That would that's be lovely. That's even better. That would so, actually be better. Anyway, that's your hookworm lesson for the day. <laughs> I was like, that is disgusting, but thank you for that, yeah. that history lesson. Anything else we want to add on the dribbling session? 
section? Mm-hmm. No, we got that. Well, we got just... <laughs> just I just want game four to be, you know, just... We're doing this for the land. Doing it for the land, man. Hashtag doing it for the land. All right. We'll be right back. All right. So we are in our third and final segment of Dabbling and Dribbling, which is our dope person of the week. Doing it. Dope person of the week. All right. So um, my dope person is Rihanna. I love this. Um, Tell me why, more. why do you think it's Rihanna? I saw one Rihanna mm-hmm. uh, on the sidelines of one of the games recently. Right. She is a well-known Cavs fan, specifically a LeBron fan. She's a big fan of LeBron. We all uh, she, should be. Uh, we all should be, sure. I mean, I, I'm, a late, I'm a late bloomer on the LeBron fan thing, but I am a fan. Um, and so there was... The reason why she's my dope person is not for this reason, but there was this, um, it was game two, game one, game one of the Cavs Golden State game at Golden State. This is the game that Jay-Z was there, Kevin Hart, a bunch of big names were there. And so it was Rihanna and some other person. Um, and apparently, um, Durant was, KD was, um, doing a free throw shot and some someone who everyone thinks was Rihanna yelled brick um he still made the shot because he's because he's Katie he shoots 88% from yeah it's like a good chance he's, he's going to make it and apparently he like walked away and kind of like stared daggers at Rihanna <laughs> And then did another play like a few minutes later and stared even more daggers at her. I didn't know that. Um, and so I think he thinks it was Rihanna, but like video footage on the other end that shows where Rihanna was sitting, it wasn't Rihanna, it was her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like, oh, there's a KD, like KD and Rihanna beef. Um, and I think KD was funny enough to someone like ask him a question like, um, like, which is a girl you would marry or whatever. And he's like, I heard that Rihanna girl was cool or something. Like he just like, (laughs) he like, he was like, he played it off. So that was funny. Um, But the reason, so not only is Rihanna a basketball fan, because she's a big fan of uh, LeBron and has, you know, put sunscreen on her bikini body and just, and all it says was like 23 like the sunscreen just had 23. Like she put sunscreen on her body. Oh, she did. I thought you said LeBron did. Oh no. That would be problematic. That would be that would be problems for him. <laughs> There'd be a lot of problems for him. Um, I was like, so, I'm supposed to tell everyone that? <laughs> oh, did not, not everyone know that? I'm just kidding. Um, and so essentially, um, there's been some talk about Rihanna's uh, body, as oftentimes people mm-hmm. like to police, as we talked about in the past, women's bodies and how skinny, she break big, the law? Did she what, break the women's body law? Uh, uh, maybe. What so Rihanna has gotten, uh, as some people in the people of color community would say, thicker. Oh, um, has she? Yeah, and she actually freaking looks still great. Oh, good. <laughs> like she's got a. I mean, she's always had a booty. She's always had. She's always been curvaceous, but she's always been a little bit on the skinnier side. But she's mm-hmm. definitely gained some weight and like filled filled up. In some ways, I would say. I have um, not looked at any tabloids of Rihanna lately, so I would not know. So I'm, I'm going to look it up I'm, right I'm, now. I'm actually about to send it to you okay. right now. Okay. Um, so check this out. <coughs> so these, are, so there have been pictures of her where she just looks a bit thicker. She just looks, um, and, and not fat, not like obese. She just looks like she is bigger in whatever way. Um, and 
some people are here for it. People like me who are like, I'm, I don't care. She's beautiful and she looks great. Um, and so, but then there's also been a lot of people who are like, yo, she's fat. Um, so this guy, uh, Chris Bags, um, from, um, some news channel. I'm trying to remember from what, um, from what like news, news outlet, Mm -hmm. uh, basically called her fat. Like she's getting fat or whatever. Um, and then he got fired, uh, or suspended from blogging. He does, he does blogging. Um, and got uh, suspended from blogging indefinitely. And he's been doing this like free spags kind of a thing because you know, he's, a white man supposedly I think he's a white man mm. who was like oh I lost my job well you call a woman a black woman fat I need you to go screw yourself um, but she be- being Rihanna who she is she posted a picture of Gucci Mane from 2007 uh, she who, posted that yes. I'm just looking I was laughing at that. Um, she posted a picture of Gucci Mane in 2007 where Gucci Mane was uh, a little on the heavier side and then you know Gucci Mane went to went to prison and he came back and he he looked he looked a little bit fitter um, and so it's just those two pictures side by side and says if you can't if you can't handle me at two thousand seven Gucci Mane you don't deserve me at two thousand seventeen Gucci Mane did he get all those tattoos in prison yeah if tattoos weighed anything uh huh he would he would have gained so much weight in yes. prison yeah but he also got cut when he was in prison which is you know wait what does that mean? what do you mean he got cut like. He oh, got, he got ripped. He, he got ripped. I mean, like he got shanked. Oh no! I, was like, That's I mean, that could have happened too. <laughs> that could that could have happened too. Yeah. Um, I just I specifically appreciate Rihanna not de-yaffing her life and being like, I'm gonna look the way I want to look and yeah, still be great. Good. And um, and I appreciate that about her. Yeah, so, I I like it. As I always say, stop policing our bodies and telling us what to do. Man, she's gotten some tattoo choices over the years where I was like, what? That, that bird underneath her breasts? Mm-hmm. That's a bold move. It looks good. It looks good on her. It wouldn't look good on everybody. No, but um, she wears it well. And I'm sure it hurt like a mofo. That's like rib cage. And ugh. anyway, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh. Free bird. Yeah. But that's, so Rihanna's my dope person of the week. Yeah, good call. Go Riri. There you go. Who's yours, boo? Mine is actually. Sometimes I want to go with, I, I look at people in the league, be it players, owners, coaches, who don't get looked at a lot. Mm-hmm. And either they've done something that week to deserve getting looked at, or maybe it's just someone I'm interested in mm-hmm. that, like, oh, let's find out what we know about this person. Let's just spotlight mm-hmm. someone. So I was looking at the Warriors roster, mm-hmm. and I was like, who's the lowest paid player on this team? The lowest paid player on the Warriors this year, making uh, a hair over $200,000, Whoa, is Matt Barnes. Whoa. Who is a league veteran. Yeah. He's been on several teams. Yeah. Um, so I was like, let me look into Matt Barnes a little bit. Um, so lowest paid players on the, on the Warriors, but he used to play for the Warriors back in the day. In 2007, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, he was on the Warriors team. Yeah. And Gucci that- Mane, 2007. <laughs> that that Warriors, the Gucci Mane Warriors, they were, uh, that's the Warrior team. I couldn't remember what year it was, but the Warriors beat the number one seed. They just made it to the playoffs as the, oh. the lowest seed in the West, and the Dallas Mavericks were number one. They knocked Baron Davis, Matt Barnes, and um, Stephen Jackson mm-hmm. and that crew beat the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. 
That's the only time I can remember an eight seed beating, beating a one seed. Yeah. It was amazing. So he was a part of that historic uh, thing. And then he also established Athletes versus Cancer. Oh, um, real cool. In 2007, same year, his uh, mother passed away from cancer. So mm-hmm. he put together a foundation to uh, raise money to fight the illness. So that's something he's done for a, a community that I think a lot of people uh, are impacted by. So I thought that was a good gesture on his part. Hmm. He has two kids mm-hmm. by his then wife, mm-hmm. currently in the news again, Gloria yes. Govan. Govan. Who I believe is also part of the Basketball Wives franchise. Basketball Wives franchise. They were married for some time. Then they split up. And uh, she started dating Derek Fisher, formerly of the New York Knicks. And former teammate of and Matt Barnes. former teammate of Matt Barnes when they played for the Lakers. 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 Yeah. It was Lakers. They were on the same team together then. So, uh, that's awkward. Um, and they've, they've gotten to physical altercations, both was, Matt Barnes and mm-hmm. um, Fisher. And some would say maybe that's why Fisher lost his job ultimately in New York. Um, that was the final straw. He oh. was not. A I was going to say like he wasn't a good coach. But for... then that was the last thing. Yeah. That was like you can't be a coach getting in fights off the court, or even on the court. Just and also, guy code. Like, should you yeah. be doing like that's kind of like it's your teammate's you ex wife. That's really that's kind of messed. And up. you would say it is at least it was. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to tell Derek Fisher how to live his life because he's a grown man with kids, and he's been married. I mean, he wasn't that grown. He was. He had. He has a DUI. Well, so we'll talk about that too. <laughs> the the thing that came up this week also is uh, so Derek Fisher's driving with Gloria, Matt Barnes's ex wife, mm-hmm. on the freeway in Los Angeles, I believe. Yes. And they, it was Los Angeles. He uh, got a DUI because he flipped his car over upside down on the freeway, blocking traffic. Um, thankfully, no one was hurt. No one lost their lives, but he and Gloria, um, you know, received attention from paramedics, authorities, make sure that they were okay. Um, but, you know, this car flipped over and Derek made some poor choices. Maybe shouldn't have been driving. Right. Um, but the car is registered to Matt Barnes. What? Yeah. Wild. Not only did Twist. you take your car so your, your your friend's wife, but now you're driving his cars too. <laughs> it's just Twist. Like, it's just like... And you know, and I'm I'm not making light of that because look, two people could have lost their lives, and this is a and mother of kids. Yeah. And your your ex wife, you know, who yeah. looks after your kids, and you have a relationship with all these people, and your friend did you dirty in this way, and um, I just feel like it's it's a situation where Matt Barnes has to be going through a lot at this time, but he also um, has been a contributor to several teams and throughout the league, and athletes versus cancer and he's done a lot of good things and so um i wanted to highlight him and just because he's also it's just a scrappy guy when kevin yeah. durant went down right he showed this up. year they yeah. were like who are we gonna put as the small forward on this team to make this thing still run right and they reached out to matt barnes as a free agent mm-hmm. halfway through the year like can you come and fill in for us for a month or so right while kd rests and he came in and did a good job yeah and that's what he's been called upon to do is just really serve as that uh yeah. support piece on he's teams. been that way his whole, I would say his whole yeah. career. He'll give yeah. you, if you need ten points, he'll get it for you. Yeah. Um, you need some boards, he'll mm-hmm. he'll be there. Um, I just remember this one, and Matt Barnes is tough. Mm-hmm. So I remember that him and Kobe used to scrap. Mm-hmm. And there's this one play, 
He was with Orlando, Mm. and he was inbounding the ball on the baseline, and Kobe was guarding him. Kobe, they had already had enough of each other during the Mm -hmm. game that he said to, uh, Kobe's just standing there, doesn't even have his hands up. Mm -hmm. Kobe just has this fed up look on his face, and Mm -hmm. he's standing about two feet away from Matt Barnes, just looking at him in the face like, what? What are you going to do? And then Matt Barnes takes the ball and just pump fakes it as hard as he can at Kobe's face. He is two inches away from Kobe's face. Kobe does not flinch, does not move, does not change his expression. His eyes are just rolled looking like, really? Really? Just like... So Kobe. Yeah, it gave me one of my favorite Kobe moments. And for that, I thank Matt Barnes. Um, But at the end of the day, I have nothing but respect for uh, the play the player he is and how he's contributed to the league and I hope that he and his family uh, are doing well and will be well for uh, the future. So he's my dope person of the week. Yeah, I didn't know he did a lot of cancer research work and things like that. I don't know how much he researches. I mean, not him, but like just like contributing to that. Yeah. I mean, because cancer is the worst. I tried to look up more information about it. Uh, I don't know how effective it's still running. It mm-hmm. was strong in 2015. That I don't was not know too if, long ago. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if it's still running or not, but I couldn't find enough information about that. But it's been running for but a few for years. $200,000? Like, that's... Yeah, that's, that's nothing. pennies. That's nothing. I looked at I looked at other salaries. There are people on there who are younger, less more. proven, mm-hmm. and make more than him. Uh, yeah, I mean... He's gonna be one of those players that are that's gonna be known. He played in a lot of teams. Yeah. He did what he needed to do, made the money he needed to make, yeah. and made some choices like being on basketball lives. <laughs> Amen. Because <laughs> that's a thing. I've never seen one episode. I've seen I think one episode. I think like the first one. Yeah. So, anywho, is there anything else you want to add before we end off the night? Did it for the land. We did it for the land. Uh, I really hope this goes to seven games. We, one can hope, right? It would be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> All right, folks, as always, um, make sure you check us out on all of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow us at Dabble and Dribblin'. Um, be sure to also subscribe and like and rate and comment on um, on our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. I think those are the three that we're on. So mm-hmm. basically, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Um, so yeah, make sure you check us out, and uh, we'll catch you later. See ya.